Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And thank you guys for being with us here for episode number 140 here on Monday, July the 29th, 2019. We are here to close out season 14 and romp you, as always, through the world of retro wrestling. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Quinn, it's hot these it's days. It's hot. Um, we've been doing this for 140 years. 140 years. Congratulations, Quinn. We made it. <laughs> we, we did it. Uh, <laughs> that, what, is that even a thing? The, the, it, what, the years thing anymore? Gem or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big earmark. Uh, and folks, thank an you. Ear. Thank you for lending your ears <laughs> to uh, OVP yet again here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Maybe this is your first time listening. I promise it gets better from here. So uh, before we get to our topics to close out this season, Quinn, I want to remind you guys, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, I heard the Facebook is a good place if you want to talk to the two of us and a bunch of other fans. It's a really hot 140-year-old place. So what do we got? What's the whole um, scenario there, Michael? Well, there's pillars because it was built in ancient times. By you Hercules. Know, uh, by Hercules. Um, it's a really old website right? over at Facebook.com slash old. Great place. Now, we have a group there. We were able to obtain yes, some space the, we there. Got a, we got a section, a ward maybe. Right, a um, ward, yes. We, we had to send a representative. We got a vote on that soon. Our freeholder. To, to send to the, the Facebook Congress over there. Um, Who's that, Joe Merkel? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, we got a group. It's called our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Group. Creative name. Um, yeah, you type in the search bar, our Vantage Point dash Retro Wrestling Podcast. It'll tell you the directions how to get there after you hit the button. Yeah, uh, the button. The button. The Melissa Santos button. Yeah, you hit the Melissa Santos button. Congratulations, then, Melissa, by the way. Yeah, congratulations. And Brian. Big bang boom. Yep. Um, buttons and stuff, and you're there. <laughs> and you're in. It. You're in. We hit the approve button. Yeah, we hit the other button. <laughs> and, and, and then you can butt into the group and you can talk about anything you want in the world of retro wrestling. You can talk about WF. You can talk about WCW, AWA, USWA if you want to. Who wants to talk about the AWA? <laughs> I don't honestly. know. Uh, Ruben Vasquez oh, Jr. Oh, sorry. You can talk about world class and you can talk about newer stuff too if you'd like. We don't we don't frown upon it. We tolerate the newer discussion. Yeah, you can talk about Wrestling Society X. Yeah, that's the new shit, right? It's hot. <laughs> XWF. <laughs> XPW. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, we try to we try to have an environment where you are free to talk about anything in the in the realm of wrestling, okay? Without getting on each other so much about it. Make fun of the wrestling all you want, but we try to be warm and welcoming and fuzzy and uh, have a middle school lunch table ambiance, if you a lot, will. A there. lot of teddy bears over there. A lot of tater tots. A lot of Ted DiBiase. <laughs> uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but in all seriousness, go join the group on Facebook if you know, if you have that. And uh, you can find us there, and it'll be a really fun time. We do promise you that. Now, a couple of other things. We've got a Patreon. We'll talk more later in the show, but it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Some great stuff on there. Pay-per-view reviews, live video, all this stuff. 
More details later. But I want to remind you guys, you know, in in two weeks now, because we are off next week, we're presenting you a special presentation next mm-hmm. week. We're trying something out. Trying something out. We're not going to tell you what it is yet in case, you know, maybe it doesn't happen. But we're gonna- <laughs> There's still going to be a show. Yeah. It- Still tune in, because you have to tune in, right, to it's, listen to this. There's a dial. Yeah, you figure it <laughs> set out, your yeah. dial, program your VCRs, do what you got to do. Uh, Monday, we will have something, but in two weeks, when we come back for season 15, for episode number wow. 141. 15 season, 15. what are we, The Simpsons? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, there's going to be some new segments, and we still have time for you guys to submit your questions to the question wheel. All you have to do is email ovppodcast at gmail.com. One submission per person. We will put you in the drawing of the question wheel. Next season, we're going to talk about anything you want. Put in a suggestion if you want to partake and getting, have a chance. Are we getting Vanna White for that? I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. Maybe Pat Sajak, worst mm-hmm. case. I know, I, I know. Rather but Vanna. I, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. But anyway, so check that out if you want to uh, be a part of the question wheel, meaning you just submit any topic you want us to talk about. Email to ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, speaking of topics and speaking of questions, this season we've been doing a segment called should they have, right? Yep. The alternate timeline. Essentially, right? It's basically, we have asked you fans to send us questions asking, should this have happened? And it could be something that did happen, and you're questioning, should this have actually freaking happened? Or it could be something that didn't happen that you want to know, hey, was this a good idea? Should this have happened? So, we're kicking it off with uh, Tom Foley. Tom uh, Foley! Tom Foley! <laughs> and his question here is, should they, WWF in this case, have gone with the initial in your house format. I like it, honestly. Okay. I, I I'm a yes on that, but I don't know about you. I'm an undecided for now. Okay, uh, I, oh, I have to save my answer. Have it decided. Yeah, because like I I love the idea of the budget pay per view, and it's you know it's not long. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not it, long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's true. It uh, just comes in your house every month. Yeah, every every few months. Every, sometimes it's replaced uh, that month by King of the Ring. Yeah, or some <laughs> other shitty pay per view. Right. I guess we should roll it back a little bit and explain why they did this. Yeah, sure. So Eric Bischoff in 93 actually added some WCW pay-per-views. Which is a good idea. Great idea. So he added, amongst others, Slamboree was new that year. The Uh Legends Reunion. Uh, Honoring those legends. Yep. Beach Blast had been new the year before in 92, so they were so, gradually building honestly, Fall Brawl. one of the things I always thought WCW did weird just on the side is that there was Beach Blast, Bash at the Beach. Well, yeah, that like, replaced like, Beach Blast, yeah, right? Yeah, but wasn't there there a point when like there was two Beach somethings? No, no, no. Uh, beach Blast would re- be replaced by Bash at the Beach in 94. Okay. We also added Spring Stampede in 94, so they were adding pay-per-views right. at a much faster rate than v- Vince McMahon had. Because by 93, 94, and going into 95, we had the big five in the WWF. We had Rumble, WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. This is kind of one of those things that you were... I'm almost surprised they hadn't done earlier. Like, Add more? Uh, well... Yeah, like, honestly. Back then, though, Quinn, the business model was, you know, build for a couple of months around your upcoming pay-per-view. Yeah, but it wasn't a big leap to think, well, we can just build for the month to the big pay-per-view. I think, it's not too well, much okay. of a leap. Like, if you think honestly. in terms of how they used to build the monthly MSG show. Right, exactly. They, it's not like they didn't know how to do that. But then again, you're trying to capture that from as many people as possible and not just a more localized audience. Right. So it's it's tough. But anyway, so Vince McMahon announces and debuts in May of 1995, the month after WrestleMania, in your house, which is... <laughs> in your house! 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 Hus house! Hus house! house. <laughs> during the insufferable Todd Pettengill era. We are going to talk more about in your house! In, in your house, house! In your house! Stop! <laughs> so this pay-per-view is a very Todd-ish 
Oh, yeah. Pay-per-view. Stephanie Wyand is there. I mean, it is all the luminaries <laughs> of, of 1995 um, hosting stuff. They give away a house. They, it, it, and they have this horrible cardboard cutout house behind it. <laughs> yeah, the set that they kept for years, Stephanie too, by the way. Stephanie Wyand looks like someone's mom. Yeah, and she like, was so young, too. I, it she so, looks so old. They just, they did a lot of weird stuff. They were, re- this was really catered to the children. Len Dakin and Lori Zip, Come on over here, Lori. From Don Jagoda Associates, they'll make sure the winner meets all eligibility requirements. That's very, very important. How are you doing? We're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. I was nine. You were probably, yeah. you were going on the day before your ninth birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. So we were both probably into it. We were I like, want, oh, that's cool. I wanted the first one so bad and right. they wouldn't get it for me because they're like, we just what, we just did WrestleMania. Why are we, like, what? <laughs> but it was only me? 15 bucks back then. It, it was didn't matter. It's like, it's the principle of it. Why is there more? Well, that's one of the things to consider with parents and stuff like yeah. that. Are they going to really buy a pay-per-view every month? So on that thinking, all right, it was only two hours and it's cheap. So I get where Vince was going there. One of the things, though, is I don't know that the In Your House branding was very creative in so, all series. I think it's I think, a horrible I name. Think, okay, I think there's two things to this. Is the In Your House branding, right? That's the thing people cite all the time. It stinks. But I think it's more the concept than the branding. The branding could have always changed, They could, which it did. They started adding subtitles. Right, and, they, then, and then they just started saying, like, oh, they're just different names for every yeah. single one. But it, essentially, even the format we have today... Is in your it house expanded it, it, essentially? Like it did, but don't you think? Okay, let me ask you something. I'm glad you said that. Don't you think that doing in your house for they did it for a couple of years, and then in ninety in September ninety seven, Ground Zero in your house, that's you know, in first, your house was shoved like, to the background. Yeah. Right. That's the first. Like, well, it's in your house, but but right, yeah. and they had bad blood and all that, and they also expanded them to three hours in September ninety seven. So they're all the same length. On a stupid question. Yeah. Go ahead. Way, not- does that mean that like Money in the Bank is technically in your house? Money in the Bank to this day. Well, didn't that replace King of the Ring? I just mean to say that, like, mm. all the other stupid ones but, in your house, Hell in the Cell, or something. Well, that's like, the thing, yeah. though, Quinn. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, is don't you think that the the years they had of building the big four, and then five, mm-hmm. and then doing the in-your-house thing, so you get you associate now the February pay-per-view, the May, and all these in-between months as the lesser pay-per-view, don't you think that might have hurt them as the 2000s went on? I don't... That these are lesser pay-per-views now? Because ultimately, people are were buying them. So, well, during the especially I don't think they, don't get, they, they give a fuck okay, about the prestige. Fair. Other than WrestleMania, it's the only name they ever cared about. Like, yeah, you're right about that. Okay, I'm, even like that's fair. It's funny because it's like I think they care about like Royal Rumble and SummerSlam a bit, but like Survivor Series, they immediately kind of just were like, "Well, oh, that was killed after yeah. a few years, really, yeah. in concept." Yeah, but even but it, basically everything other than the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania kind of don't matter ultimately. Yeah, ultimately SummerSlam sometimes. Okay, so. They do these, like we mentioned, they do lesser main events for the most part. Sometimes the champion wouldn't even have a title match on some of these. Yeah. What do you think, Quinn, should they have kept it longer than they did? Or do you think switching to three hours was the right move? I always thought they should have kept it at two hours. Really? I mean, yes, there's that importance thing, but I really think think there's value in a bite-sized pay-per-view presentation. I from really a consumer do. point of view. Yeah. And why I, is that? Because it doesn't exhaust the audience. Like, True. And you're being honest with them by saying the price is cheaper, too, so they feel like they're getting some value here. It's like I'm getting, like, two-thirds of a pay-per-view for half the price. Fair, but what about this question here? When the Monday Night Wars became more and more competitive, both companies were forced to put more marquee matches on on their respective Monday shows. Yeah. Why would you want to pay for what's essentially a raw 
um, 15 bucks every few months. Because there's going to be a big title match on it, obviously. So you think when booked properly, when promoted properly, these pay-per-views have value? Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, there are some good in-your-houses under that branding. Ones, the early ones, some good ones were super fun because it was they were extra experimental, which I always liked about it. Like, right. I like the I always liked the one where it was the tag champs versus the world and intercontinental champ. In your house, like, I was always like, this is just fun. It like, was fun. I'll like, give you that. I, it's not that they were good. It's just that it's they, different. It's different, right? right? And I I always liked that with in your house they had this like freedom with it right it was like true it didn't have to have the procedure it's like we can make goofy matches for like stupid stuff and just see if it works right okay i think also i mean some of the 96 ones have some really good stuff the one the fallout from wrestlemania 12 uh good friends better enemies that awesome yeah. freaking sean diesel match there's good shit on there mind was games the, was, is really good was the first in your house with a hell in a cell was that still in your house it's bad blood in your house technically but it's in your house yeah it was still it was under that branding so until what, 99 what i'm what I'm asking is, do you think they would have tried a match like that on one of the big four? I don't think so, because exactly. I think... Yeah, exactly, and you're that, right. that's my point. And it was also a good way to promote their in-your-house pay-per-view. They, they always tended that's to... Good point. They point. always tended to do stuff for the first time that, you know, they didn't know if it would work. Like, they did the... Remember the, the Hardy's ladder thing? Terry Invitational thing? That was in No Mercy 99. Yeah, you're but right again, about that. It was, like it was more secondary. of in-your-house secondary pay-per-view style. But that's still the one thing that I'm kind of caught up on is the fact that we can still refer to these non-Big Fours as like in-your-house style. Isn't that a negative stigma, don't you think? I mean, honestly. I think, you know what I think? I think people want it to be a negative stigma, but overall they have fond memories of it because it originated in their childhood. They they do like okay. it. You know? I mean, yeah, I mean, some of them were really bad. Some were good. Right. I think they... So my official answer now, you're, you're a yes, right? I'm a you, yes on this. I think yes as well. Not only from a fan point of view, it was fun, but also I think Vince needed to do that because Bischoff was heating it up already in WCW with more pay-per-views. Right. And and the other thing I, I think to add just to close that point is yeah. that the 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 experimentation factor in it. That's a good point. It really did allow for things to develop. Yep. Um and baby those, powder match was in your house. I mean there's the bad things, but there's the good things like ladders and yeah. the cells and things right, like right, that. Right. So it, it you know, I I that was definitely necessary Buried in the alive attitude. matches. Right, buried alive. That was definitely necessary. Boiler room. Oh wait, that was that summer summer slam, But still, but anyway, that was definitely necessary in an era where you're trying to compete with Bischoff and throw anything at the wall. You needed kind of these pay per views where okay, we can throw shit at the wall and just right. It's not a real. It's not one of our marquee shows. Like we can just try it in your house. It's time where Undertaker and uh, <laughs> and the Executioner are fighting with mankind somehow. Yeah, wonderful. It's match. so good. If I had I don't to care make, anyone like, says the, some of the best like early in your house <laughs> matches, I would put that on the list. It's unbelievable. Now, uh, Quim, we had discussed this. We're going to dovetail this right into a, another question from Dave another. Van Antwerp. Okay, and this is similar, and that's why I thought it was a really good question, Dave. Should Vince have avoided flooding the market with so many pay per views every year? So this is stickier. Because don't you think by 2001, when he's won the damn war, isn't it now time to scale back? Especially when they did the brand split, they had like 16 a year sometimes. I only agree with this. And you might ask like why you like in your house. Right, right. right. But the reason is, is because of that, that additional hour is what ruined it. Okay, so you think. They should have never did that. As early as 1997, when they expanded the three, you think that was a mistake? Too much. Even in the height of the, the... the wars between the promotions. Because when you make it three hours, you make SummerSlam not matter anymore. You make Survivor Series not matter anymore. You make Royal Rumble matter less-ish. Possibly. Uh, but all I'm saying is you make those matter 
less because now the in your houses are just on par you know but one could argue that if the whole bar is raised higher that could be good for the overall product that's 2000 would would assert can i put can i put this to you yeah do you think raising those to three hours is why now fucking like a lot of pay-per-views are four hours or at least the main ones? i think it's just because they have such a huge roster and they want to get everyone on it and have something for everybody the main ones are really the ones that exceed four hours this is true not not this is true to to this day still the like you know the money in the banks are normal and extreme rules and all that they still you know they're still three hours you know what though vince might have had to also do this three hour thing because that was 1997 right Mm -hmm. wwf wasn't winning the ratings war just yet but this is pay-per-view i understand that i I do get that but everything was gauged on the ratings right the monday night war is how you gauge who was better allegedly Right. right the last thing vince probably wanted is eric bischoff using the fact that, like, well, Vince McMahon doesn't have all three-hour pay-per-views, but we do in WCW. Right. You're saying it's a precautionary yeah, measure because then, like, be like... Yeah, because then it's one more thing WCW has on them, you yeah. know? Well, oh, WCW we have more wrestling. Couldn't, WCW couldn't even get their pay-per-views off the air in time <laughs> for them to get cut off, so... Vince is just like, fuck it, we got three hours. So, but would you agree that there was a problem, especially once the the war ended and we did the brand split, oh, yes. and you're looking at more than 12 pay-per-views so, a year, some years? Let me put it to you this way. At first, I thought it would work because the brand split seemed to necessitate having 12 pay-per-views a year because you, you would need like, okay, these are SmackDown pay-per-views, yeah. these are Raw pay-per-views. Right. But then they started doing this shit. This is where it got really out of hand. They started doing that shit where they were like, okay, there's going to be a Raw and SmackDown pay-per-view in the same month. Yeah, I remember that. And it was that. like, what? Yeah, can no, you not, can no. You not? They're not. We've got enough pay-per-views. <laughs> like, we, 12 is enough. Man, it got to a point, I swear, there was like 16 or something. In yeah, a year. yeah, like, 16, was, I think, was, was the insane. highest. And that, I think, is just oversaturation, right? Because by 2001, 2002, 2003, what the hell do you try to screw people out all this money for? Who's well, going to buy every single one? Here's the thing. Ultimately, that money aspect you just talked about died with the birth of the network in 2014 14, yeah and then if you remember at the beginning of that they started flooding there it was even like oh yeah they were just like let's just you know let's go to fucking tokyo and do some <laughs> random show where brock lesnar beats kofi <laughs> kingston oh, right right like or some shit do you want to tell dave Meltzer that no one cares about pay-per-view numbers anymore because he seems to think that that really matters Wait, still he, i don't i didn't <laughs> i don't follow like the newsletter he does he actually he like, count? still like harps on the pay-per-view numbers but yeah so so it's you know as of, you know, it's 98,000 ish, give or take a few thousand. Um, you know, with replay buys, I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be a little over 100. Um, We're good. Nobody from, I'm trying to think, if anyone, has anyone from besides WWF or WCW ever done over 100,000? Who cares? But he ignores the network and he's trying to like <laughs> honestly all that matters is how many subscribers they have for WWE yes and nobody leaves I like I hate to say it in the, in the Vince did figure out one thing ah, with, he, with this network thing coming, man. no but I mean he figured out a way where it's like wow I don't have to rely on this um, uh, the, the buys every month I right. can just like well if they're subscribing why would they get let go because they want Wrestlemania and all these other big right. pay-per-views right so I'm just giving them bonus content I'm gonna keep giving them this hidden shit and all this you know old school fan shit but to on keep top them- of it I'm gonna give them like two pay-per-views a month right, or right. some bullshit and all the NXT stuff I yeah. mean yeah. NXTs are practically a pay-per-view <laughs> yeah. now, by the way I know so they, I add that to it and they, they've added more NXT paper right. I think there's like I, I want to say there's like six of them a, month, a year now really? which there used to not there used to be like 
three. <laughs> you know, you know what? Just back to Antwerp's question here. You know what? One of my problems was for a long time. I'm talking after 2000, after mm-hmm. 2001, is that when you have so many pay per views. You can't even fucking remember what happens at anything anymore. Oh, there's no distinction. Nothing no, stands no out. I've stopped um, caring about like the year yeah. said pay-per-view existed. For example, like I couldn't tell you the difference between Money in the Bank 2018 and Money in the Bank 2016. Like yeah, I, I, I have no, I, I have no fucking idea. I don't even know who won the Money in the Bank anymore. Like how fucking ridiculous is that? <laughs> Brock did, didn't he? Did he this year? Oh yeah. yeah, with the boombox yeah, thing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but, but I don't. I can't tell you who won it the the year before. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, the point. But is that question? I guess I'm going off on a side tangent here, which is fine because we got the time. But is that a reflection, Quinn, of us not being kids anymore that we don't care to remember the details? I, don't think so. I think there's just too many things. You really there didn't think used so? to be this many like things, things you could win to track. Yeah, like it didn't. There didn't used to be. I won the money in the bank. I won the hell in the cell. Right, I right. won the this. I won the that. I I won this tournament. You know, like there didn't used to be fifty fucking things. Like there used to just be three damn titles and like the Royal Rumble. Like that, that's <laughs> the it. The King of the Ring sometimes. Yeah. So you think that it's and the King of the Ring was later. <laughs> you don't think there's like eight year olds out there that have every detail committed to memory the way we used to? I bet there are. Maybe, but but who watches every single thing anymore? I don't know how. I even and I don't know a, if they expect you. I, to. Even for a child, I don't know how you could track it all. Like, yeah. it, there's just so many things. But are you supposed to watch it all? Does do they care? That's a good question. Actually, I don't know if they make <laughs> the product purposely like they oversaturate. That's what I'm thinking just so it always seems like it's busy. Right. On purpose, so that yeah, yeah, yeah. you walk in and you haven't been there and you're like, oh, what's this? What's uh-huh. this? What's this? Or are they designing it to be watched, all of it? I don't think they're designing it. I, this might sound counterintuitive to business, and you know, if you guys know better out there, uh, let me know. But I don't think they expect everyone to watch everything. Like they I just, used to. Well, yeah, because back then they that was that was their business model right. was we want to get every single eye we can on this pay per view. You know, this it's quarter. interesting when you judge it by that because if you that all of a sudden I see the genius in the way it's done because that's like how everything is. It's like Netflix, like you can't watch every movie on Netflix, <laughs> like you know what I mean, right, on, right. Uh, or Hulu, or and that's why you know, even it- HBO, you can't watch every series on HBO. You can't be the ultimate HBO fan and know. The latest right. up, you know what I'm saying? That's true, and that's why they call it on-demand content, isn't it? Right. I think they, they they I think once they got the network in 2014, I think ultimately we should be judging it based on output of content and of all that content, what percent of it is quality? I think it, right. it shouldn't be judged on like this was a good year for them. You know what that's I mean? That's fair, Quinn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now this stuff is more evergreen because they can just go back to it any time and watch it. Like maybe you want to get into 2016, you can. Yeah, you who know, knows? Like that's the other that's thing. The, that's the other thing too. When you're putting out that much content, yeah, it allows for people five years later to explore and be like, "Hey, you know what? 2016 was a good year, right? Uh, you know, I thought it was crappy when it was happening, but you know, I watched it back and I, I really enjoyed it." So, in a sense, the enjoyment and consumption of wrestling has become a lot less linear than it used to be when you had to rely on videotapes or taping things off the TV right. and just going forward. Now you can actually. Now we, I think we have a situation. Where, because of the copious amount of content on the network, yeah. you can say, you know, for a, a week in your life, you know, maybe you're homesick that day, or maybe you got a vacation, and you just feel like chilling and watching your network, 
you can be like, you know what? I'm gonna watch uh, a few pay per views from 2014 that I've never seen. Yeah, and you might and you might really like one of them. Right, so. and you're not required to judge that against how things are now. I think the whole way that wrestling is consumed and critiqued mainly we we specifically has evolved in a weird way i don't think it's a bad way but i think now if you don't like it don't watch it but if you right or don't watch it now and maybe (laughs) when you're ready to go back and explore i mean hell sometimes we'll throw on something separately or, or together you know in the past that we've never seen or haven't seen in a long time. And you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, and you know, I also find just the fact that I can go back to years that maybe I ignored. Like, I find it interesting that I can explore 2003, which I know right, really right. hated, and right, just right. Like, check out some random. I can check out a SmackDown or a <laughs> yeah. Raw. Like, isn't that weird? It's like, really weird. That that is not something you were able to do. No, I mean, especially you know, growing up a fan in the in the mid late 90s. If you wanted an old episode, you better hope someone taped it. I mean, Richard Land probably taped it. Yeah, <laughs> but then you also had to like. You find a person on the internet yeah. that was willing to trade you right. a tape that had eight hours of raw on it on a, on a right. VHS. Exactly. So uh, I think the to answer Dave's question here, should Vince have avoided flooding the market with so many pay per views every year in the nineties? No, he needed to do it. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he needed to do that to be competitive. I think once the brand split happened and the war was over, if there were a time to scale back, it would have been then. I think. Yeah. I think everything post two thousand one to two thousand fourteen was correct. Once the network started, it behooved them to, like... Just throw shit out there. Because it's all available. Like, right, it, right. it's just sitting there. It's not on a time basis. Like, you can just go... That's the thing, You can yeah. watch it whenever the fuck... Like, I I can't remember the last time I watched a pay-per-view live, and it's probably WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or something. Live live? Yeah, yeah. I think we watched Royal Rumble at your house. That was right. the last one that I watched but, live. Yeah, maybe I'll watch SummerSlam. Yeah, right. You know? Right. But, okay, so, I mean... I think we're in agreement here on the mm-hmm. same timing. You know, yeah. up to 2001, it was fine. 2001 to 14, maybe that was a time to scale back. But since since the network, fuck it. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, you got this. You got this big bucket that you need to keep dumping content into. Two tears in a bucket. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, folks, thank you so much, everyone that sent in a question. Obviously, we had a lot more than the 20 that we read this season, and we appreciate that. And again, if you want to participate in next season's question wheel. Which is literally, we'll talk about anything. It doesn't have to be a question. It could be, hey, can you talk about Dominic Danucci? Don't say that, please. please but please if, don't. If it, it'll please make don't the question. Put that on the, don't put it <laughs> We'll on. have to talk about him if you get drawn. So. Oh, God. You know what you just did? You made them. They're, they're going to fucking all submit shitty questions since it's on a wheel now and we can't do anything about it. We can't it. control this one. Yeah. Uh, but, folks, thank you so much for that. And when we come back, Quinn, we've been ranking the worst of the Intercontinental Champions and flush them down the crapper. It is time for the final flush. Mm-hmm. That is coming up right after this. Running fast and missing I cannot help convincing Reasons you gave me your all-wearing thing On Sunday, September 7th, the World Wrestling Federation's In Your House expands to three action-packed hours. And the first 2,500 subscribers who order this pay-per-view spectacular and send in their cable bill as proof of purchase will receive an official WWF Live Events program guide and a Shawn Michaels pop-up piece. The mail-in address is WWF Ground Zero, P.O. Box 3857, Stamford, Connecticut, 06902. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Did you have great sex again this past week? That's not necessary. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 1. 
40. It is our season 14 finale. And Quinn, we mentioned we have a Patreon. We still have it, oh, right? Oh, we have that? It's okay. still there. It's yeah. still online. It's still online. Yes. America online. <laughs> yes. You can go to AOL.com slash Patreon. What no. keyword are we? <laughs> OVP podcast, of oh, course. Okay. Yeah, it's Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'll tell you about it real quick here. We have three rewards tiers. $2, $3, and $5. That's all it is. We're not trying to get tons of money from you in one shot or we're anything we're like not, that. We're not up. Uh, trying to we, stiff you. No, we don't have the deep pockets, you know, and the, the short arms and the deep pockets. We, no, none of that. <laughs> none of that. But here's what we got, okay? For $2 a month, you're going to get every week the making of every OVP episode. If you're into that kind of thing, it's a video. You can see us right now, actually, uh, wow. making every single episode. So Hi. <laughs> it, includes, it includes content before we start the show, in the breaks, and after anything that might hit the cutting room floor. People like it. Check it out if you want to. It's $2 a month every single Monday. And then if you upgrade to $3, you're going to get those raw videos every Monday. And bi-weekly, you're going to get... We are now at 1983 WWF Championship Wrestling. Yes. Incredible. We did all of 1982. We figured it all out. Yep. It's all documented, too, if you sign up for this Patreon. It is. And we have some of the free ones. The audio and the video are coming out. Uh, The free audio is on our regular podcast feed on this feed. You might have seen it around on this feed. And the free video is on YouTube, and you can check out our YouTube channel for that. But basically, what Quinn and I do is we sit here with you guys. There's a camera on each of us, and you get to see the screen on your screen as we watch 1983 now. WWF Championship Wrestling week by week. It's every other Friday this comes out. A lot, of, lot going on in the world of 1983. It really is, and it's been exciting to do God, this. That feels good to say. The world of 1983. 1983. It's great. So uh, that's on the $3 tier, and you get all that stuff for just 3 bucks, And then $5, you're going to get everything we mentioned. But every single month, Quinn and I are doing every WWF pay-per-view in order, in audio review form. We have done all the way up to Survivor Series 87. That was our July release. Next month for August, it is going to be the first ever Royal Rumble, Quinn. Wow. The 20-man Royal Rumble. Boy, that's going to be interesting to cover if we thought that uh, tag match at the Survivor Series. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. And we got Dino Bravo lifting weights oh, for great. 20 minutes. That'll be on there. You mean being mad for five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's the $5 tier. You're going to get every WWF pay-per-view in order. And I want to make mention that the $2 tier also includes Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras. We did about a dozen of those. Yeah. It also includes OVP commentaries that we did, about a dozen or so of those. You get a lot of content. Whether it's 2 3 or $5, you get a lot of stuff. So if you like what we do here and you want to support our endeavor, so to speak, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And hey, if you're not the type of person that wants to give money to podcasting that you hear for free, we understand it's okay. We are not upset. We get it. We get okay? it. We totally get it. We're totally fine. We know that it's a saturated podcast market. So we're really <laughs> just thankful that you're even listening to this. Yeah. Okay. So patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Quinn, we're wrapping up the Royal Flush of Intercontinental Champions. It's been quite a time, if you will. There's been a lot of um, websites and <laughs> um, terrible rains. Blogs uh, by JBL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arguments about Mark Merrow. I still don't an agree all-time with that argument. Ranking. I know. Uh, but folks, what we had done, if you're new to the show, for the Royal Rangers and Royal Flush, what we do is before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. In this case, it was Intercontinental Champions. And we took all of the votes that we received and we put them into two separate tanks, one for the best and one for the worst. And each week we draw out two names and we rank them. And right now, for the worst of the Intercontinental Champions, we're going to run it down, Quinn. At number one is uh, your favorite and mine, of course, the one and only Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas! <laughs> Dean Douglas. At number two, test. <laughs> test. It's, it's really a test. <laughs> I, you know, it's the biggest test. Yep. Number three is uh, 
Albert slash Prince Albert slash Lord Tensai, Jason Albertson. <laughs> so many Alberts and Tensai's. So little time. I, I still don't get that Tensai shit. I don't know. It's just what his thing. It's not even part of that, but anytime I hear him brought up. I know. You know his beard went gray, by the way? It's very sad. I saw him training some goofs over at the, the PC recently. Yeah. All gray beard. Would you say that his beard is weird? Yeah. It's weird because he's bald. Why wouldn't he just get rid of his... Once that starts turning gray, he should ditch that. Maybe eh? or dye it black. Maybe he doesn't care, Quinn. How about Maybe that? Doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't give a shit. He's somebody I'd like on this show because he just seems nice. Jason Alberts. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his fake he's, name is. He's been around the he industry, like too. Like, he seems awesome. Here's someone I don't want on the show. Number four, JBL. Never. <laughs> he stinks, um, but CustomMuscle.com yes. really carried his, his <laughs> Got him the intercontinental title career. Here. <laughs> number five, China. Yeah. Uh, don't six, treat her like a woman or a man. Treat, nope, nothing. Uh, number six, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we got him all the way up to six. This is great. One of my crowning <sighs> achievements. Number seven, the Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric. Definitely worse than Mark Merrill. No, he's not. Uh, number eight is Ahmed Johnson. He is the best of the worst, and I intend to keep him that way, folks. So <laughs> We'll see. That's the eight on the board. We got two more names. They might not be who you think, or maybe they will be. Without any further ado here, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal one day we do, and no one's going to come save the story When the Texas tornado says something, he backs it up. It's Mr. Ass, the premier, the primo, the perfect ass. Tonight, I'm going to show you once and, all, once and for all, it was no fluke. As is written in the book of Ezekiel. It's the royal flush of the Intercontinental Champions. Oh, turn those toilets down. Every week, those toilets. (laughs) How do they get louder? I don't know. Whoa. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. All right. So problems here with the plumbing. Okay. All right. Anyway, so we have uh, named the eight that are on the board. We have two more. And obviously, folks, these are scientific rankings. These are they're the most scientific. This is real, you know. Toilets around the world agree. Yeah, that's right. Nine nine out of ten plumbers. Yeah. (laughs) Liquid, liquid plumber. Liquid plumbing digest. Yes, liquid plumbing. This is the number one ranking of intercontinental champions. So let's get right to the dookie here, Quinn. Why don't we all find out who drew number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. As is written in the book of Ezekiel. Quinn, get your book out. Actually, get your book of Ezekiel out. So this guy is not related to Dean Douglas, you know, books and all that. Yeah, no, right? no, a different kind of book here. The book of Ezekiel. <laughs> Ezekiel Jackson made it. Now, Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> He's an interesting character. He got, actually, I'm going to flat out say it. He got the most votes on okay. this list. Listen, I remember when this happened, but I yep. don't remember much because... Who the fuck cares, honestly? <laughs> but this As is, is a, the theme, This yes. is another one of those where it's like, is it just they don't like him? Because I read through his reign again on Wikipedia before we did this. Yeah, and I don't remember it being particularly like, bad. It looks like a, a shitty, like, month and a half long reign who cares yeah. like it's like it, nothing like stands out as shitty right and here's the thing with ezekiel jackson you know he was in the wwf or wwe excuse me uh for a, f- quite a few years i think he came up in like 08 or something like that a monster and really i mean he he had a good big look. guy right yeah. this is uh ricklin stevens ricklin ezekiel stevens ricklin ricklin 
And that's a name. <laughs> that's his name. Wow. And he was in the WWF for a couple of years. Great look. Like, oh, no doubt about it. Awesome look. And I, I think a lot of what people remember him, like, the good things for is when he was um, the Brian Kendrick's bodyguard. Yes, right. And Lucha Underground, obviously. Well, we'll get to yeah. that, I guess, right? So, But Big Rick, or Ezekiel Jackson, as we'll call him for now, he was not much of a wrestler. I mean, he, no, was, he I mean, was serviceable. Here's here's the thing with people like Rickerson over here. Yeah, um, Rickerson. There was a guy that just uh, debuted in the NXT. I was The tall told, man. The tall man, right? <laughs> it's like a guy like this... It's not like you're supposed to get... Fu- Nobody's expecting that. Yeah, as long as you have the fundamentals, Quinn, because... Right, like, as long as you can... But fundamentals with the crowd, not even the wrestling. Oh, uh, like, no, because look at Paulo Silva. Well, you have yeah. to have some grasp, or you, else you're going to look like dog shit. I think like you just have shit. to have at least some athleticism. And, not even grasp. And good attire, unlike yeah. Paulo Silva. Yeah. <laughs> this is swishy fucking pitch. swishy pants. Paulo Silva was like a klutz on top of it, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah. like... You know what I'm saying? Like, that... At least... I can't say that about Big Rickerson over here. Right, no. At Rick, least he, he could get in there and he could seem yeah, intimidating. Like right. And, you know, like... Listen, it's not like five-star match, match or anything like that. that. Right. Five-star match and six-star match. But he's fucking gigantic. Yeah. Like, why would a wrestler like this have to like get down there in the fun he just can hit you in the fucking head and right. pin you like and, it's it that's and it al- and he also has his own book right i mean come on how so, many people yeah. have their own book so this book of ezekiel thing yeah, that right? would be from the bible <laughs> right from the bible now i always felt that this was like the pulp fiction reference going on here i think it was is that what they were going I for believe here that's what they were going for yep now he was also a member of the core which was a horrible stable from a horrible it. period of time you know what always annoyed me even more about it that it was spelled core with Two R's and yeah, E. Just to make you more annoyed. Like, like it's like British. <laughs> the core. Yeah. The core. Yeah, the like, core. Yeah. And that was Zeke, Big Zeke, uh, Heath Slater, yeah. somehow. Yeah, because he's good. <laughs> Justin Gabriel Quinn. Mm-hmm. And of course, Wade Barrett. Because he can't Wait. get out of shitty stables in his early career. In his early career, he was <laughs> or his later career. <laughs> you know what? You know, what always, we, you know Speaking of Wade, over yeah, there, we can talk about Wade for a it second. It always if you upset want. me. He had all this potential, and they just kind of just. They made him do dumb shit all the time. They had some bad news for him. And what the bad news is like, he finally figures it out. Yeah, he was great. He's got a good look. He got got this funny thing going on. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, fuck that. He's a king now or whatever. (laughs) And he still put his heart into that, too. I know. It's so (laughs) annoying. This guy had a lot of potential. Yeah, he did. He honestly did. But Zeke... He was okay. Now, he won, yeah. he won the IC title in June of 2011 at Capital yeah, Punishment. Yeah. I'm just going to say, you know what how you know this is bad? Is that? That's the one in Washington, D.C. Yeah, but what? why? It was just a one-off that filled the spot, right, no, for I June. No, I did one or two Capital Punishments. Are you serious? Not a lot of them. Hi, it's me. I'll be nice to Quinn. There was only one Capital Punishment pay-per-view. Joe, you're still a bag of crap. See, and that's again, that's where it feels to me like that in your house <laughs> that, tier that's quality. Extra in your housey right there. The main event was John Cena versus R Truth. R Truth's good. Uh, he is good. The twenty four seven. He's another champion. one that I'm. If I he never still is by the time this comes yeah, out, because there's so many damn Drake changes. Maverick yeah. and all that. Yeah, but anyway, so he wins it there. He has a reign that lasts fifty one days, and he loses it to. Uh, <laughs> Incidentally, Cody Rhodes, who would go on to be the champion for a long-ass freaking time. Go on also to be the greatest wrestler to ever live, or whatever they that say. That too, in of Indy, course. In Indyville. Yeah, I mean, a tremendous at marketing himself, I'll give that's, him that. That's but, true. But he was a long-reigning champion, so Zeke wasn't. You know, Zeke. 50, 51 that's what days they called here. him. Zeke, Zeke right? Ricklin was not. Yeah. And I don't know... 
specifically why. I guess maybe he just stood out in people's minds as like, why does this guy have the IC title? He <laughs> okay, stinks. I want to say something here. You because, can say Because it. in this flush, we've gone by like, we I didn't mean to, but there, there's been some criteria here, right? Like, first of all, you at least really want it. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, Unlike you, the number one. You at least really lost it. Unlike Shawn Michaels it's almost sad ever. that we have to bring up those two things. <laughs> I know, but it's because, true. But, okay, right? So he's got those. You're not off. a co-champion. The, the, you're not a co-champion. <laughs> you weren't like handed it. You're not just winning it to unify it with something else. Right. right. On top of it, he's got the other check mark, which is that he actually defended it. Correct. His reign lasted decent enough decent, not long also and it didn't overstay its welcome either mm. it's 51 days that's what is that a month and a half about yeah longer than morrow longer than um ahmed johnson longer than jbl longer than a lot of people um i understand that it was in a shitty era um and yeah. he was defending against the likes of barrett and uh ted dibiase not the good one no not old dibiase junior young dibiase. Like, i don't know what he's like an accountant now or something well following in irs's footsteps yeah. his father-in-law i forget <laughs> it's actually not even that not it, even what but it is he's like i don't know he like helps children or something he's well not, that's he's very like, nice of he's him. a very nice man i just mean that it's like not wrestling good yeah <laughs> that's fine with me yeah. <laughs> so yeah i don't know why he made it well obviously we'll discuss um where he belongs when it comes ranking time but one of my favorite things though, not even anything really to say about him <laughs> no but one thing about him maybe you didn't see much of him in wf i mean he left in 14 yeah and then he was in tna for a bit good thing he left by the way that was the best thing that could have happened to him yeah honestly. seriously there was no just what were they gonna do with him? in all, all seriousness he needed to be there for was to like make a name like this i exist and then he right. could go on the indie circuit and yep. be fun and uh my favorite thing that he ever did is he was in lucha underground for the yes. first season Big so lucha underground folks as big rick we've been meaning to like really get into lucha underground yeah to, to on, kind the sh- of, on the show we mean I, I know there's been uh talk in the backstage with lord alfred about uh definitely doing a review of an episode one day because now it's getting older yeah and we're we'll, gonna try to have on a guest uh, yeah. to do it with us eventually possibly. yeah but this show if you never heard of it go find it oh it's uh, so much fun it's yeah. so dumb but it's fun okay so basically it's like a wrestling show right yes however it's, it's really not it's positioned like it's i don't know like it's a, a serial drama Netflix show yes. or something but here's the thing because it's a show they go really hard with the like supernatural oh, yeah. and like just dumb like people stuff that, die on the people show die um there's killings and stuff like deals that right but there's also in the background but there's also wrestling matches in between all of this that are like right. completely straight and like normal a, and, wrestling and it's also about the wrestling right. like, it's, it's still about the wrestling it's a very bizarre I think a hybrid. lot of people would like this who are older fans who are like from the old days of goofy yeah. wf and stuff seriously from like the early 90s because it really leans hard into just that the kayfabe is all that fucking matters correct show. that's one of the things that attracted me to it was right. the storytelling and the kayfabe right the wrestling's whatever i think if, if you never heard of it and maybe you're like well i don't know anybody on that you know prince puma is the main character on yeah. the show you know who that is ricochet, it's, it's ricochet. yep it's, he was actually the champion for a long ass time right so damn good there i guess what i'm trying to say is like there's people there that if you're a current fan you might you know i know them yeah you know? Right. but anyway back to back to why are we talking about Lucha Underground? yeah big rick Big Rick. Now, Big Rick, that's Ezekiel. <laughs> yes. You know, remember his name's Rickerson or whatever. And this is the best he ever was, I think, so, of anything. Yeah, he comes into the, the Lucha Underground, and there's like a faction of like homeboys or whatever. Yes, I, I the Crenshaw they, crew. Uh, they were yeah. just the crew later, right? Yeah, and they became just the crew. That's Cisco and Bale and uh, Cortez Castro, of now, course. Okay. Bale so, died later. But, well, Bale died first. Yeah, he died so, first. First, 
<laughs> so this crew, right, they're just kind of like a menace. Right. Like, they're not like the top thing, but they got Rick, and Rick's big. Yes, and, he is. That, being, that's and, why he's big in Rick. Lucha Underground, being big actually fucking matters. Yeah, there's, there's only like a few. Mil Mascarez. No. No, Mil uh, Muertes. Mil, Mil Muertes, sorry. Uh, Brian Cage. And also, um, what's the big guy? Mac. No, the, the oh, guy with the Mac. mask. Uh, Matanza? Matanza. Hi, yeah. I'm Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Matanza, yes. Jeff Matanza But Cobb. he's just Matanza at that point. Yeah, Cage and Willie Mack. Those are the only real big people but at that time. But the big people are pretty, like, booked pretty strong on this shit. So yes, So the point are. is, is that Big Rick was, like, a big fucking deal. He was one of the top guys. He had a faction, blah, blah, blah. For the right amount of money? I even whooped somebody in my own family's ass. And then he got his eye burned, don't forget, by... So, okay. <laughs> Please so, so for, let's, let, first, first, <laughs> the first hit his faction takes is literally Bale gets killed. Yeah, they kill Bale. They have a backstage segment, and I, I want to say, like, his head gets exploded. Or I forget some, who kills something Bale. Something, like, hideous happens. I think <laughs> they feed him to Matanza. I think Matanza kills Bale, right? right That's Jeff Cobb kills Jeff Bale. Jeff Cobb, they kept him in a... I'm not making any of this up. They kept Jeff Cobb in a mask in a cage for an entire season under the arena. <laughs> this has all happened. This is real. Do you have anything to say for yourself? And Jefe will not be embarrassed. Somebody has to pay for this. Choose. Have I made myself clear? And like they would, like every now and then there'd be an episode where they're like, oh man, there's this monster and he lives under the arena. Right. And like he's like Vince McMahon of the show, Dario. Right. He's like his cousin or brother brother or something. Like basically, Big Rick and and friends were in cahoots, you know, obviously with Dario. Basically, this all leads to like Bale dies. And then on top of it, at the end of the first season, Dario loses control. And then this like Shang Tsung figure (laughs) kind of takes over called, um, Mil Mortes. Mil Mortes with Katrina. Right, and they have like a throne and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not terrible. making any of this <laughs> it's up. Really it's good. all real. It's all stupid But and the good. bottom line is, is that in between the seasons, they released a Lucha Underground comic book. Big Rick got killed in the comic book, so he never returned. Right, it's in canon, though. That's the best part. The thing is, when they came back to the second season, they were like, oh, Big Rick has been murdered. And we Conan. Don't, we don't know what happened. Quinn doesn't don't admit to the Conan, Conan one, but Whatever. Conan's dead, too. Katrina said it. This all sounds ridiculous. Go fucking watch it. It's unbelievable. It's more like ridiculous. Yeah. Thank you. But Big Rick was great. And, that was and, my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, that yeah. He ever did. And he was so good. And he had the eye patch because they burned him with Dario's cigar at one point, right? Which is great. And that was storytelling too. He had the eye patch for a while, like Saget. Yeah. Sagat. Tiger. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, Bob he wanted revenge on Dario. For exactly. That shit. And then he was dead eventually. And that's Ezekiel Jackson as your Intercontinental Champion. And now he can't return to wrestling anymore because he's dead. He's <laughs> he's actually. I, I don't think he's ever been back since then. <laughs> no, he hasn't been back. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's go now to uh, our final entrant. You've all been waiting with bated breath. You can't wait. Well, hold your nose here because it's the final flush, Quinn. Let's all find out who drew number 10. The premier ass, Quinn. The, 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 the top the, ass in the world. The perfect ass. The perfect ass. Billy Gunn. Real asshole. Well, <laughs> Kip Sop here. 
Now, can we just, first of all, Kip Sop. That's a great can name. Can we discuss that Monty name? Kip Sop, actually. Unfucking believable. It's <laughs> a great name. It's so ridiculous. You're almost wondering, like, why didn't they just use that? Like, Kip who Sop. the fuck has that name? That's ridiculous. Remember when he was cute, Kip, cute Kip. in TNA? I love that. By the way, cute I was a Kip. big fan. Of, like where he was like this, like minion for the beautiful, for the people. beautiful people. That's yeah, really funny. <laughs> but yeah, Kip Sop, Billy Gunn. Before we even get into this, I want to correct the potential Mandela effect for anybody. There was a Mandela effect on this. Maybe there is because there is for me. I always think that he was the Intercontinental Champion in '99 when he was Mister Ass, but he was not. He was what? only the Intercontinental Champion. One time in 2000 when he was the one Billy Gunn. Yeah. So just bear that in the mind. The one ass. The Billy one Gunn. ass Billy Gunn. Now, Kip so, Sop had come to the WF as one half of the smoking guns with his fake brother, Bart. They oh, wait, were, they weren't real brothers. Quinn. And <laughs> uh, they, they wore jeans and shot guns and wore hats. They and weren't they, even guns. They were like those they had blanks guns. Them, yeah. yeah. And they were an okay tag team. I, honestly, they were a pretty good tag team. I really liked them, actually. They were one of the top teams of their time. Yep, from to 90, be fair. And, and a, during a shitty time for tag teams, they really actually were damn good. Uh, 93 to 96, they you know, were a team. No, I especially liked them when they turned heel and got mm-hmm. sunny, because I thought they were really fun when they had an attitude. They were, and then lost the mustaches, and they cut their hair, they and they looked look a lot like better. They didn't look like they were, like, achy-breaky hard over here <laughs> and like, 45. Achy-breaky porn, maybe, from, it like... Was, you know, those mustaches were 11. unbelievable, because they literally looked... Like they were like forty seven. No, they did, and, and they were so young too. It was ridiculous. Like they were like tw- were they, <laughs> was one of them twenty? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So Billy Gunn was the one that they, I guess, earmarked for the bigger singles push when the smoking guns broke up. Although they tried a little bit with Bart, but it, I will say this about Billy Gunn. Gunn. Maybe people don't agree with it, but I do think he had a look. Like I think he yeah. looked like he could be a star. Danny DeVito has a look too. I mean, a good look. But, uh, don't classify Danny DeVito as a just, good wrestling I'm look. I'm just saying. Uh, Penguin, anyone? So, so He looks like a villain, I'll tell you that much. He does. So Billy Gunn obviously gained his biggest fame as one half of the New Age Outlaws in 97, 98, 99. And then in 99 is when he turned heel and became Mr. Ass. But before that, in the earlier part of the Wasn't year... Wasn't he Mr. Ass in the... He was badass, and then he was officially Mr. Ass for Chris a while in 99. The ass Man. Yeah, he was officially Mr. Ass, like that was his name for mm-hmm. a while. Not badass Wait, there, Billy Gunn. There was no Billy Gunn involved Correct. at all. Correct, just Mr. Ass. I don't even remember. Oh, it's Mr. Ass! I had a year JR said all the time, I hated it. <laughs> I saw Mr. Ass earlier today, and he was, he was just fine! But before that, in early 99... Billy Gunn had been targeting the IC title, and he was still a face. Right, so is this this Mandela effect thing, right? Because yeah. I always thought he won it, and he then didn't. Road Dogg won the hardcore, and no. then somehow it switched or something. Road Dogg was going for the hardcore, right? He was in that scene. Billy Gunn Didn't was he win going. It? Yeah, he had won it. Because I love that run. Yeah, me too. But Billy Gunn was all about that freaking IC title chase. And out of nowhere, because Vince Russo just ran out of steam in 99 or something, he just went off the deep end. I would punch myself as hard as I could right in my big fat face. He flipped the feuds and had a road dog win the IC and Billy Gunn won the hardcore. Yeah, it was weird. And that was just bizarre. So anyway, Billy Gunn takes time off in early 2000 uh, after the Dudleys kill the New Age Outlaws. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That to w- be fair, he had been wrestling consistently with them since like 1993. Yeah. Like he had no. not taken off or anything. And he needed, I think he had he had an injury too, Very possibly. reliable person for that company. He I, I was, I'll admit, give him that. Yeah. And he always did his job and yeah. everything. He was very good there. Yeah. Um, but he comes back in late 2000 with short haircut and not the ass gimmick. New theme song. He is now the one 
Billy mm-hmm. Gunn, which is probably one of the lamest nicknames you could think of. The so, one. You know. The I, one what? I, I will admit this. The one asshole. At first, I thought that this could work. And I'll what? tell you why. Because, no. I'd like to hear that. Because the one, it made him, it made it sound like they were going for like a Mr. Perfect kind of thing. What? That he was like, <laughs> that he was like an elite wrestler is what I just, that's what I, my impression back then was. But it's Billy Gunn. I understand that. He's not an elite wrestler. But they acted like it. Yeah, so I, guess I guess that's wrestling for yeah, you. <laughs> they, they, so I just thought, okay, he's the one. Like he's a, he's just the he, one. He's the one Billy what Gunn. A great it rhymes. Uh huh. It does rhyme. I'll give him that. The gun, Billy Gunn. How Billy about that? Gun- Gunston. <laughs> Billy Gunston. It's revealed my real last name is Gunston. So from now forward, I will be Billy Gunston. The metric ton, Billy Gunn. <laughs> the fun, Billy Gunn. You know, he comes out with a clown nose on. There's so many different things they could have done with it, but he was the one Billy Gunn. One. He won the Intercontinental title from Eddie Guerrero, of all people, on Mm -hmm. November 21st, 2000, and very promptly lost it to Chris Voldemort uh, on December 10th, 2000. So he had the title fast for, yeah, what, 17 days is that? Something like, no, Mm -hmm. 19 days, whatever it is. No, I'm looking looking here, and at the time, it's just amazing to think this. He was feuding with the likes of, or teaming with the likes of, Road Dog, China, and K Quick, who you might oh, know yeah. as R Truth. Yeah, that's I just, right. I just, I just thought I'd point that out just because of just the relevance there. That's when that's that era where Road Dog and R Truth or K Quick would come out in shirts, but then R Truth would take his off, and Road Dog never would, and they would just yell into the mic, "Get rowdy, rowdy!" <laughs> and that's like forever. And I just, it was the worst. I think it's always the funniest thing that pe- nobody they never talk about the K Quick thing. Ever. Ever. I like, know. Like, he was in WF. Like, in 2000, 2001, yeah. yeah he definitely and he was, was like a major person. <laughs> like, they acted like he was like a top mid I remember thinking he was he was cool and unique at the time, yeah. but I hated that song that they used to sing it's him in Road Dogs. So, Get rowdy, rowdy. Yeah, it's just really funny that that's all involved here. But uh, Billy Gunn, man, that after all that from his whole singles push that started in like late '96, and before this, before Billy and Chuck, obviously, he uh, that was the end of his career. He Billy is, and Chuck. is essentially, but he's the Intercontinental Champion for all of like 19 days mm-hmm. <laughs> with the lamest gimmick. You that have he'd to ever admit had. that's quite a just quite a blunder because yep. he was earmarked for like people thought like he was going to be like world champion and shit like this jr in his old uh column in raw magazine the ross report mm-hmm. used to be like bill gone one of the purest athletes a f- future champion folks I will all not, the time i will say this about him i cannot deny his athletic but he was very <laughs> he was in good shape like but they you try, have to admit yeah i don't have to but i, I mean you, you thought he was fat he was, or sloppy or something i didn't like, say I don't that yeah, but I, I just think that he wasn't very Good, but again, what is good? That's relative, right? Yeah. He had all the check marks for Vince. He was big. He was blonde. He was uh, did steroids. He was athletic. He also had a pretty good finishing move. The famous is, is a, a good move. Is a good fucking when Marty Jannetty's not paralyzing people with it. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Oh come on! He also couldn't cut a promo. Really, that's the problem. That was his he was biggest the premier drawback. Ass. That was that was his best <laughs> promo. And rock. I promise you, your face will look a lot worse than my ass. Good. I knew it. They tried to groom him to be on the level of a Shawn Michaels in 99. They really did. I mean, they were touting him that way. Well, you know, he's one of those guys I look back on and I say, I think the investment was worthwhile because I can see the potential myself. If you don't know the future, you know what I mean? 
if you if you're just in other words, 19, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. We look back. Oh, what a fucking joke. Like, but I don't like, know, Quinn. Maybe I, you're I look right. back and I'm like, I, if I was if I was like Jr. who's head of talent, you look at this, you look, take one look at him. It's like this guy looks like a, a world champion. I honestly, guess, but then you watch him wrestle in these top tier feuds, like the one with the Rock, and he just didn't hold up his end of the day. It wasn't good. He isn't yeah. that good. Does that make sense? Like he has all the other tools. But he's not really that good. He yeah. just doesn't. And, and there's something that's lacking. ultimately why they didn't they didn't go with him. Yeah. But uh, it's just uh, if you're a scout, you look at this guy and it's just like relatively it, young. He's got all. I, I understand yeah. that. But if there were a time to give it to him, it would have been in '99. Russo flipping the script just to confuse people and I think gotta that, throw off the marks, bro. I think you know? that actually ultimately screwed him over because who knows what could have developed yep. if they just were, went straight forward with this intercontinental linear storytelling into a world champion. You I never know. know, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't the world champion, but at the same time, I think he should have been given his fair shake at the IC uh, in early 99 and not late 2000. Instead, 14 days or whatever. Yeah, 19 days. Yeah, whatever. So uh, let's rank them, Quinn. Okay. Quick rundown here. We got number one, Dean Douglas. Two is Test. Three, Albert. Four, JBL. Five, China. Six, Mark Merrow. Seven, Texas Tornado. And eight, Ahmed Johnson. Where are we thinking of starting uh, Big Zeke here? Big Rick. Hmm. I don't Honestly, think he's that bad. I, yeah, I don't Not think good. he's that bad either. Um, but let's just start at the bottom at Ahmed. Is he worse than Ahmed? Um, I think he is. I think he's worse. Well, if, if, here, uh, okay, I keep saying this, but Ahmed, there's literally nothing. If nothing else, though, Ahmed's memorable, and Zeke is memorable probably for the wrong reasons. Ahmed, yeah. people like liked his win. And well, it was Zeke a big is moment. memorable for things not yeah. champion things W. Not WF, non WF things. I think Ahmed at least had the potential. He had a great feud going into it, a great win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that alone makes him better than Ezekiel, than Ezekiel, just because he had a good feud to win it. You know, and if nothing else, he never lost it. And he here's Ahmed. this is where why the Zeke check marks matter here. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's the only thing. So but I, I put think, him above I think Ahmed. Zeke. Yeah, he's worse than Ahmed. Is he worse than? Carrie, I think he's worse. And Carrie had at least a complete reign. It wasn't that good, but it was like three months. Well, I can't say Zeke didn't have a complete reign. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, at least with Carrie Von Eric, he had a big surprise win. Good hot series of rematches with Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that carries him, I think. You know what I think? What? I'm looking at this list right now. Yeah. I think he's worse than Marrow because of the memorability factor. Okay. But other than that, he's not worse than China, Zeke. Because at least he had a complete reign, not co-champion I hated or any that. of that shit. Is like, chi- okay, okay. Zeke's reign is very standard it's for, linear. for that time. Yeah, it's just start and finish. But, but even for the, for his time, I mean. Yeah. Like, it's like it's very standard. Like, let's give this guy a shot for a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay, we're not liking and it. We're and, and, sw- and, and, and we're done. And it's not like yeah. a fin... I don't get what's so offensive about this. Well, like, I guess probably because fans, people don't can, like him. I'm sure there's something that he did. I you know? guess I don't remember it. I don't recall. But that I guess that's the point. Is it's not it's yeah. not so bad that I even remember it. I got to put him worse than China Quinn because at least China's not really China's memorable. Okay, fair enough. You know, I mean, we got we got to be fair to her. There, he's her, not worse than JBL. He's not worse than JBL. There's no way. JBL, JBL for, we didn't even remember he had it. Other yeah, than finding traces reti- of custom muscle <laughs> and to retire. You know what I mean? So yeah. So we're gonna we'll put Zeke at number five. I fair, think that's fair. fair. He's okay. not worse than JBL, folks. JBL didn't even need that fucking title that time around, and what? Like, why did JBL just put over his website? Man. <laughs> I mean, that's really all it ended up being. Yeah, JBL did nothing with that. You know, yeah. Albert did all these people. You know, JBL and above did nothing. Right, Albert. Yeah, Test Dean Douglas. 
Dan Douglas! <laughs> Dan Douglas literally did not. Yeah, I don't think he's getting knocked from that perch, honestly. Well, let's see. Okay, so Billy Gunn. The one, the Mr. of Ass. He's uh he's worse than Ahmed. You know what's funny about this <laughs> Billy Gunn thing? What? I think if if they didn't fuck up the like him getting it the first time with the switch, yeah. he wouldn't even be on this list. I don't think I I think you're right. I think you're right, because that was a feud feud. That was like a real thing that he was going for. That is some serious Mandela effect, too, because I always thought he had it simultaneously with Road Dogg having the hardcore, and then they they somehow switched it. He never got his hands on it until it was way too late. Yeah. Until he was the one. He wasn't even an ass anymore. Why do I always, like, have a mind picture, if it was only for, like, 17 days or whatever, why do I have this mind picture of the intercon- the shitty intercontinental title being consistently around his waist? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just weird, right? It was so it was short. just because of how hard they pushed the first time before they abandoned it. That's probably what it is, because I always associate 99 Billy Gum with the IC title, but yeah. he never had it in 99. That's crazy. It's just really strange. Uh, but I think it goes without saying that he's worse than Ahmed and Tornado and probably Mero right yeah. off the bat, right? Because those three gentlemen at the bottom, Mero, Tornado, and Ahmed, they all had complete reigns. Yeah, Ahmed's was cut short, but it was, it was supposed well, to Ahmed, be... Ahmed, I don't call complete reign. I but... do because he had a vacated... Well, then Michaels barely had ever a complete reign, Quinn, because he never lost it. Yeah, but it, they did last longer. Anyway, never. I'm not going to litigate that. I, I just um, like poking at you. The, the China thing. Now, here's the thing is Billy Gunn, you know what's amazing about Billy Gunn mm, is without very even, few things, with, but without even having the title, yeah. he somehow is a memorable. Inter- yeah, but isn't not for the incredible? right reason. Yeah, but not for a good reason, Quinn. Yeah. Right. That, but isn't that kind of nuts? Like, it's like it's you, you think of him like, oh, obviously the Intercontinental Champion, Billy Gunn. And you're like, only that one time. For yeah. Like, and half a month. Not the version of him that you think it was, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I think China's better than Billy Gunn. At least China was the first female Intercontinental Fair. Champion. Fair. Won it memorably, defended it a few times, had the Jericho feud, at least. I don't think the feud was good, but at least it happened. Mm. All Billy Gunn did was just show up, win it, and everyone's like, why? And then now, he lost I it. I think people will be really mad if he's somehow worse than Zeke. Um, I would wager I that he I might be. I wouldn't be mad, honestly. But I would wager that this pointless 19-day run with this, like, way too late Billy Gunn, that's a I can't poem. believe Zeke had it as long as he did. 51 days, I mean, that's a long time in 2011. Yeah. Seriously. Now, to be fair, he feuded with nobody. He was I know. useless. Um, Billy and, Gunn, you could say the same, though. Yeah. Just length. It's kind of the same thing, honestly. I, I don't think he's... Wor- JB, or I don't think Billy Gunn is worse than JBL. I think that's going to be the line. JBL is a piece of crap. JBL, Tess, and Albert are like all the same, like pointless. But so is Gunn. I think I think we put him right above Zeke okay. because that's yeah, the no, line that's of pointlessness, right? Yeah, yeah. Move Ezekiel down to number six, then, and right. put Billy Gunn at number five. This is an easy ranking, but hey, it's the finale. We've been through a lot of the uh, the hot and heavy stuff, folks. We know. Now, yeah, and if you haven't, maybe this is your first time joining us. You can go back and listen to all the rankings and see right. how we got to this point. Uh, specifically, Ahmed Johnson staying at the bottom because that's my crowning achievement this season. <sighs> Good uh, and, for you. And your crowning achievement, Quinn, would be getting the Warriors number one on the yeah. best list because we got a lot of heat I'm on also that one. Proud of Dean Douglas in general. Well, Dean yeah. Douglas. I mean, so <laughs> Dean <all> right. Douglas <laughs> is probably my favorite stupid. Oh, it's one raid. of the best it's, stupid things ever. It's insane. Yes. So, Thank you, Dean Douglas. So we're going to lock in Billy Gunn at number five. Wow. Shift Ezekiel we're done. down. We're done early here, eh? I guess so. I mean, it took a long time to get to this point, though. All season long, we've been ranking these, and we'll be ranking new stuff uh, in two weeks. It'll be finishers. Now, the deadline has already passed on that, folks, by the time you're listening to this, so 
Sorry. But Quinn, I believe it is time, one last time, to hear our lovely ranking music here for I The hate, Flush. I hate this music, I'll folks. pick a worse one for the next season. You're Don't you worry. You're just angering me. I am. So, the scientifically OVP, non-GMO certified rankings of the worst Intercontinental Champions of all time. At number one, Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas! Number two, test... Three, Albert. Uh, four, Tensi. <laughs> Tensi. Four, JBL. Five, Billy Gunn. Impressive. <laughs> yes. Six, Ezekiel Jackson. Not the worst. I don't know where uh, people were thinking I, here. I, it's just... Nobody cares, basically. Nobody that, that, cares. That, that's the yep. bottom line with him. Number seven, China. Not bad, yeah. honestly. Better than that I thought she would do. Uh, she she kind of bumped up yeah. there at the end there, right? Yeah. Uh, eight, Mark Merrow. Yeah. He's good. Nine. No, he's not. Nine, Texas Tornado. Uh, better than the Texas Tornado, Mark Merrow. And the best of the worst, my man, Ahmed Johnson. Uh. That is the worst Intercontinental Champions of all time. And if you're wondering, uh, the next person in line that didn't make it real quick here, the Mountie missed it by what? one. Vote. Yes, the Mountie. I think he deserved to be on this list. Do you? I don't yeah. know. I think we have some pretty shitty names on here, but folks, let us know what you think, and uh, be sure to uh, give us your feedback on both lists if you listen to these. The best and the worst. Give us your top tens. Post them in the Facebook group. Quinn, when we come back, <laughs> we're reviewing something. Uh, Sinbad. The bad part is correct. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, I love it when wrestlers act, and we'll be <laughs> I love it when Bret Hart acts. Yes. We'll be talking all about that right after this. Start your New Year off at the bank. I'll be coming to you live from Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve, along with Hootie and the Blowfish, Salt and Pepper, and the Doobie Brothers. So it's at midnight. We're really going to bring that house down. Because one of those Vegas casinos will be blown to smithereens. And you can sit right here. Catch Sinbad Dynamite New Year's Eve, Tuesday at 11 on Nonstop Fox. New Year's Eve on Fox. Gonna be a blast. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. We're good. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you again for being with us here. It's episode number 140, and we've got something to review, obviously, Quinn. Uh, that'll be fun. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But fortunate for you folks, uh, we have some friends of the show we want you to check out. They're very good retro wrestling-related podcasts that are out there. They're the top ones. The top ones, and they're all independent. You know, they're not affiliated in that whole Conrad, you know, sphere of influence of and all Conrad, that stuff. None of the... No, no podcast uh, one or Westwood one. associated with the lapsed fan. No, or no. Very popular podcast. Not even Curtis one. Not even <laughs> Curtis one. So, not, even, not even the one Billy Gunn. No, not even him uh, so why don't we get to them start with the wrestling podcast about nothing we still want to get them a new name at some point eventually WPA. <laughs> uh, but well, they need to <laughs> they need I mean, to address that but they need to have like a more seinfeld bits on it yeah if you're it. gonna have that name right right you have that you gotta have the seinfeld right because it's just in the intro that's about it though i mean tell we, them george we talked about seinfeld before yeah we have talked about seinfeld yeah. uh, but check them out wrestling podcast about nothing it's hosted by brian malonis the brawler or as quinn likes to call him the wine city whaler that's right he's one half of the uh the bounce with the Beer City Bruiser. Really and bouncing away. They're bouncing, man. And uh, Mean Mike Crockett is sitting and doing nothing, and he's retired referee. But really, their show is great. They've worked <laughs> in the business, so they provide a perspective as two guys that have worked in the business, but also grew up as fans. So you get some some retro, some current, and some insight. It's a wrestling podcast about nothing WPAN. Check them out. Also check out, if you like retro wrestling through the lens of one man who will take you through an episode of one show, 
and completely go off topic all the time. It sounds really strange and it is really good. It's greetings from Allentown Coin with Petey Winston. Those reasons right there are why it's critically acclaimed. Yeah, award winning. Award winning. Twin won the The potty awards. The the, the potties. (laughs) The potties definitely put it over. And uh, Petey's got an evil beard going on now. Wait, excuse me? Yeah, I saw on the Facebooks there. He's joining the beard club here. But really, in all seriousness, greetings from Allentown is a very good, very quirky, and very different look at retro wrestling. Different than the way we do it, but really quality, really fun. Check it out. Greetings from Allentown. And, Quinn, there's also south of the Mason-Dixon line, if you like your retro wrestling with a big old scoop of Miracle Whip. <laughs> Miracle Whip, yes. <laughs> there is, that, that is definitely the southern way. <laughs> there is book in the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. It's just a jambalaya pot full of uh, retro wrestling goodness, including... A lot, a lot of pork, <laughs> yeah, a, lot a lot of, of rice. Pork, a lot of collard greens. Yeah. Uh, they take a look at Smoky Mountain and the NWA, the Crockett years of the NWA. It's book in the territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills and his crew. So again, to recap here, wrestling podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and book in the territory. You know what? I want to be extra nice here because there's other friends of ours, fans of ours that have shows. Oh, and honestly, we would shut you guys out all the time. It's just we, you know, we only have so much time to do this, but Bill Yankovi has a show. Ah, yes. And he's a frequent, wrestling man. Yep, the wrestling man. He's a frequent contributor to our group. Bill Yankovi does that wrestling show. Yes. And you can check it out. Also, Mike Pru, Quinn's um, twin. Wait, my clone has a show? The Bottom Line cast. It's a oh. show that focuses on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. So check that out. I'm doing this spontaneously, so if I forget anyone else, I am sorry. Uh, another podcast that frequently likes to shout us out is the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. But, PPW. Uh, PPW. Steve's a good guy, and he does it with Eric, and it's a fun show. Check out PPW, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. What was the other one I want to shout out? Oh, twenty uh, Wrestling 20 Years Ago. Rory yes. McNamara. Yes, Wrestling 20 Years Ago. Uh, we see Rory on those boards all the time. Yes, we do. Great friend of the show. Uh, check them out. And also the Chick Foley Show has been shouting us yeah. out on Twitter, so I'm going to shout them out. Chick Foley Show. Shout Check out. them out. So thank you guys in all seriousness, all of you, for all of your support. Yes, thank you very much. And if I'm forgetting anyone, I do apologize. But Quinn, we've got something very important to review The here. most important uh, review we've ever done, really. So, all right, should we even say who's in this, or are we just going to let this flow as it flows? I you tell think, me. I think you should tell them first okay. what they're in for in, in for. case they want to um you know not be in for it. Because <laughs> you just it, want to shut it off right now. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, there's two things that uh, seem unrelated, but they're going to become related. Number one is back in the mid-90s, there seemed to be a wave of these syndicated-only action-adventure shows. Yeah, it's like Hercules or Xena, Xena Warrior yeah. Princess, and a lot and of them st- crap. There was a lot of shows like that, and if it wasn't in that vein, it was in like the Outer Galaxy vein, you know, like yes. there was Stargate and all that Stargate, stuff. Stargate, right. yeah. And they were usually, in our area, we would find these on our local affiliates, like the UPN yeah, and stuff like that. Channel 9, Channel, Channel 11, nine. Right, the right. WB. These were syndicated shows that, you know, any affiliate or station that wanted to pick them up, they would pick them up. Generally cheaply produced. Yeah, if, if one of the big networks showed it, it always lives like... 3 p.m. on Saturday, <laughs> yeah, right, like right. when nobody gives a shit. Just a it's in between slot. probably some fucking like <laughs> shitty like local talk show, right? right. Like th- just about like nothing, right? And that's um, not a good time slot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there was uh, Hercules, like we mentioned, the Rosina. There was another one that I never remembered. It was called The Adventures of Sinbad. Now, not. Not Sinbad the comedian. No, not that. It's no Mandela. That's <laughs> no, going no, on here. not Shazam Sinbad. Yeah. You know, allegedly. 
The Adventures of Sibed, Sibed the Sailor. Yeah. And there was a show that was apparently on from 1996 until 1998. It's incredible that it even went on that long right. after seeing what we <laughs> saw just now. I never saw this, Quinn. Did you, were you aware of it in the 90s? Um, maybe I was, but I, don't remember I didn't really care. Now, interestingly enough, when I told my wife what we were going to be reviewing, I told her, you know, The Adventures of Sinbad. She's like, I used to watch that. I was like, what? And she's from yeah. Ecuador. She's not from the U.S. I was like, you, in the 90s. Sinbad the Sailor, like the action adventure. She's like, yeah, I used to watch it with my grandmother. Yeah, She's so a little now, bit younger than so we now are. now I don't need to only feel bad for the U.S. I <laughs> right. feel bad for the rest of the world yeah. for having to see this shit. <laughs> Latin America, all yeah. these places. But anyway, this is The Adventures of Sinbad, episode number eight. Now, I said something else very unrelated to this would, would happen. Well, in 1996... Bret Hart. Yes, Bret Hart. Remember him? <laughs> he decided to take a bit of a hiatus from wrestling after WrestleMania 12, did their foreign tours, mm-hmm. uh, and decided for whatever reason, I don't know why, to pursue a career as an actor. Now, Bret, if I recall seeing interviews with him, he's very serious about this, which is why it always cracked me up, because once you dig into anything that he film, ever did filmography, <laughs> yeah, I it's, guess. it's all bad it's horrible and this is an, a prime example yeah and he had done lonesome dove before this and i think that was kind of what got him thinking oh you know i could be an actor i think i'm right. good at this uh he's not and he apparently happened himself into an episode of the adventures of sinbad episode why number- anybody would <laughs> volunteer to be in this show <laughs> it's already horrible on its own right. without bret hart on its let's, own just cognizance. En- let's just enhance its shittiness and it's episode number eight it's called the ties that bind and if you want to watch it it's actually this is how much people care about it <laughs> just on youtube the just whole episode for free adventures of sinbad episode eight yep november 16th season one yep november yeah. 16th 96 is when this aired so this is right after brett came back for survivor series yeah I'm sure it was taped in over the spring or summer of 96 and i say we get right into it quinn we're gonna give you the whole rundown the yeah. plot line the lines all that stuff quinn for, first off i have to say what have we even gotten ourselves into joe because this <laughs> thing starts up and Woo! it just doesn't let go nope it doesn't uh it's a cold open with a lady and a kid walking through trees and they're hol- she's holding a bird <laughs> she's dressed like lady hercules and that kid is just a big orange sweatshirt on. <laughs> i swear like yeah. he doesn't have anything to like make it seem like he's part of some era or anything right, a right. Big fucking orange sweatshirt <laughs> apparently this takes place by the way i looked it up in the middle east which what? you would never guess. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. it looks like Canada. <laughs> yeah, because it was filmed in Canada. Right. Um, and the lady asked the kid if she's following him, and he nods and points at the bird. Are you following me? Yeah, no shit he's following her. I thought he was with her. Right, like, she didn't like, seem to mind the yeah, whole time. Yeah, like, that was the weird part. I thought well, I thought the bird was following him, <laughs> not the fucking kid. Now, uh, we find out, Quinn, that the bird's name is Dermot, because yeah. she tells the kid that. His name's Dermot. He wants the bird to fly, so she lets the bird fly as we see some clearly stock footage of some <laughs> other bird flying around for a while, and then a close-up of Dermot itself. <laughs> what am I even I watching? What, what is this show? <laughs> and then we get For a- like 30 seconds! I'm, li- I'm like, what the fuck? We're watching a bird fly around. We get an actual bird's eye view. I couldn't believe they actually did that, <laughs> they did. too, by the way. This isn't the era of drones. Like, that's actually, right, right. like, how the fuck did they do that? Helicopter? Without- I don't know. Maybe. Maybe like a remote control. A kite? Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, now some villains ominously show up in Viking helmets, and they say shit like, Thy redhead maiden of Ashy Swathy matey army hearty, or whatever they say, you know what I mean? Thy redheaded maiden. It has been a long journey. Total 
dorks <laughs> wearing like blankets and plastic shields. Stupid Viking. They look horrible. <laughs> Viking hats. Yeah. And then, of course, Bret Hart appears, and he seems to be the second in command, at least, and is wearing like your aunt's throw rug or something. Yeah, literally has like a carpet on his <laughs> back or something. True. It's like old carpet. It and he's like, like shit. His first line is God, don't make mistakes. So then he starts to grapple with the little kid as the lady draws her sword. So basically, Bret Hart is just like a goon here. Yeah. And he looks like a complete idiot. <laughs> the like, Viking horns. It just looks so stupid. <laughs> the rug. I swear he's got like sweatpants on. I think he does. Like nobody. What are the champion bu- sweatpants? What the fuck is the budget on this? Like they couldn't even Ten. like. Yeah, like they didn't. They, what did they say? Wear your own. Like, <laughs> bring your own clothes. Bring your own clothes. We got the blankets, um, and we'll go for it. You and know? buy buy a uh, plastic sword on your way in. You yeah. know. <laughs> and now it's a good time to just clear all this up. The redheaded lady's name is. Maeve. 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 That doesn't sound like a name from the Middle Ages no, or it whatever doesn't. this is. No, it doesn't. Whatever they say it Sounds is. like a Middle Aged lady's name, yeah. maybe. Uh, the Viking boss requests a Seize her, but do not harm her. The, you know, the, very stock. The, the accents are so amazing. Like they really thought they were making like something good <laughs> something here. Something golden yeah. here. Seize her. Stay away, Dermot. But do not harm her. Dermot the bird watches from a branch. How do you know his name is Dermot? Because they said point? it. She said it she to did? the kid. I didn't even hear she that. She literally says his name is I was, Dermot. I was too caught up into, why is thy child here? And, and the Shakespearean <laughs> yeah, bullshit. So terrible. So uh, Dermot's watching as Brett picks up the doofy sweatshirt kid and tells him to stay out of harm's way and he sits him on a stump. Maeve then calls the Vikings hornheads and fights off all the Vikings with a nice Foley artist sound effects. It, you know. Yeah. It's all slow and terrible, too. It's, it's like a very, like, slow-paced lethargic. fight. Yeah. Like, if Gorilla Monsoon was here, it'd be like, oh, Maeve looks a little lethargic, yeah, Jess. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It does. It doesn't look like a, a fierce battle. No. Like, some woman, like, trying to escape with her life. Right. It just looks like she's bored. Yeah. <laughs> and she's making all these quips. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, the kid jumps on Brett's back, so Brett picks him up in, like, a side slam position, <laughs> but unfortunately, he just puts him down gently and says, I told you to stay. Is this kid beans or it's sky not bean, or no whatever. no it's not one of brett's kids it, it, i don't think i, I would be, wouldn't be surprised actually if brett got one of his kids involved in this you know i thought my uh my daughter beans would be good for this yeah hey blade do you have a sternum yeah uh, so brett, brett then throws the kid to the ground and very politely tells him oh it's too dangerous here stay out of the way <laughs> honestly it feels like they were obligated to give brett lines here because no scene ever would they Clip to the goon telling the kid <laughs> yeah. to sit down. Looks all like, nice. Yeah, like that's not. You just <laughs> the goon's just like, yeah. like not even anything. He'd be like, he like, should have the kid in the front face lock. Like, really, he just grunted is my point. Right, like, yeah. it wouldn't actually be written lines for <laughs> right. the goon to say. Right. Meanwhile, Maeve is still kicking everyone's ass as the boss Viking is watching on. These dorks are having way too much trouble with like one girl. Like that's how we know they're jobbers. Yeah, <laughs> it's embarrassing. They're jobber goons. They're putties essentially. Yeah. You know, finally, Brett's had enough of this shit and he <laughs> grabs Maeve by the waist. Well, you know, he's got experience there. This allows the other Vikings to do a Pearl Harbor job or maybe a Nordic Sea job. Yeah, and well, kn- that, that's what they call it over there. And knock her out. Yeah. 
so the dramatic music just stops and Dermot the Hawk makes some noise <laughs> as the kids run the kid runs away and Brett tosses Maeve over his shoulder. We go to the opening credits now and you get mainly shots of Sinead doing flips and jumping off things and shit like that. He's you know. essentially a poor man Zach Morris acting like Aladdin. <laughs> the music sucks. It's all bad. I know there's it's horrible. CGI dinosaur, a yeah. fat old sailor man. Yeah, it's awful. A rock monster, greasy fake Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's terrible. There's literally nobody in this that is or was a bigger star than Bret Hart. And that's saying something, <laughs> honestly. Right, it's true. Like, like, I can't even believe I was saying this. Bret Hart is a bigger star than everyone in the show. How is that even possible? And by the way, Quinn, in the credits, Dermot as himself. <laughs> Dermot might be a bigger star than the rest of these other jabronis, too. It's a name we're going to remember. You're yeah. going to take that name away from this. You're going to take Dermot away from yeah. uh, This intro, though, is exactly what I expected it to be for some mid-90s action adventure, you know, cheaply produced. So we fade in now to show Sinbad and friends having some kind of a picnic or something. <laughs> Can I just note here, there's literally a plate of food on a carpet. <laughs> outside. Like, outside, like a like a rug. Yeah. And, like, they just never comment on it. It's kind of, like, away from them. Yeah. And it just got, like, a plate and, like, an apple. And, like, that's it. But it, the, the carpet's, like, way too big for right, the plate. Right. Like, what are they carrying around this big fucking rug? And Maybe just it's so the same one Brett was wearing. Stick one plate on it? Like, what? And they make fun of the fat sailor guy for eating a lot, and they name various foods, like dates and goat cheese and pickled eel. Sinbad really is dressed like Aladdin, like in a school play or it's something. Horrible. He actually is. He's dressed like the cartoon Aladdin. Right. From yeah. the cartoon, you know? One step ahead of the bad guys. <laughs> like, I swear he should be, like, yeah. running around the city. Yeah, this guy's miscast. He'd make yeah. a much better Aladdin than yeah. a Sinbad. He's almost like Steve from Full House yeah. when he was Aladdin. It's the same. Yeah. Remember that? Remember yes, when he was Aladdin? Yes, of course I do. But he wasn't just like Aladdin. Wasn't he Aladdin in the cartoon? But he also like yes. that episode of Full House. Where they, they go to Disney World. They go to Disney and like... And Ale- she, DJ sees him as Aladdin. She, She's like having a fantasy about yes. her boyfriend or whatever. But yeah. It's very erotic. Yeah. Uh, the boy comes running, orange sweatshirt boy. And he tells Sinbad and his friends what happened. Very superb acting, of course, as you obviously expect. The friend of the hawk? Maeve. He took her. Who took her? They called themselves Norsemen. Raiders from the North Country. Dermot now flies in to confirm things and leads them to the Vikings. So he's like the lassie of this show. Yeah, Fucking flipper. Uh, back to Brett now, carrying Neve Maeve over his shoulder. And now she's awake and Quinn, she's mad. Yeah, maybe because her ass is in the air. <laughs> By the way, can we just comment about the bird talking to Aladdin just now? Yeah, he basically just like hawks, hawks his way well, at Aladdin. My favorite part is it's like, it's like, what is it, Dermot? Like, yeah. And he's just like, and, like and, and then he's like, Okay, show us Dermot, and, yep. then he, and then Dermot responds with another cacao. He like, leaves. Like, it's what? Great. The, how did they put that in there? Are it's, they serious? It's so good. Are you sure? He's sure. Dermot, lead us to him. <laughs> so Maeve here tells Brett the fun is over. We get some Emmy Award acting from Brett. You must do what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Are they trying to translate Brett's poor acting into he doesn't speak English, yeah, right? It's like a foreigner. Yeah, they they do do that at that first. Yeah. That's part of it. You must do what I say. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. Maeve arm drags a Viking henchman, and all the Vikings laugh at him. They're like, ha ha ha, this asshole. Goon. By the way, I'm pretty sure the Viking boss's shield is just a garbage can lid with clay on it or I'm something. Sure. That's what I said. I think they're made of plastic. They are a hunk of plastic. Yeah. 
Now Brett tells Maeve, it's good not to make the berserker guy angry here. So she throws a Hadouken at him. Okay, what the fuck? Like, literally, she uh, she starts to, like, conjure a Hadouken. <laughs> I'm real. surprised she didn't yell, like, ha, like, and then she got cut off or whatever. Yeah, but, right. like, I'm surprised. I know. Thankfully, Brett ducks out of the way and then holds on to her again. I and like that one of them yells, she's a witch! Yeah. Like, it's like Monty Python <laughs> yeah. or some shit. She's a witch! Yeah. <laughs> and um, Maeve says to uh, Brett here, you are a grabby one, aren't you? Which, what? You, yeah, he is. Uh, the henchmen shackle her wrist so she can't throw any more Hadoukens. That's actually smart. Yeah. I was surprised that these they thought of that, idiots right? yeah. were able to figure that out. Well, I mean, if, so, if some lady's throwing a Hadouken at me, you got to handle if that you right took, away. If you took Ryu or Ken hostage, you would, oh, ha- yeah. you would definitely yeah. want to shackle their hands. Because right? you don't want to get dragon punched in the face or Hadoukened uh, or anything. You'd also like have that. to get, uh, shackle their legs so they can't do the hurricane kick. True. Tessumekis Abudiyat! Brett tells her that they're talking. They're taking her to their ship where there's a demon. That's all we know about it yeah. right now. There's a demon that's holding Some their kind of ship demon. hostage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sinbad and friends now trek through the woods and wonder why the Vikings are here on land instead of sailing around the fucking ocean like they should be. I agree. <laughs> that sentiment, <laughs> right? Apparently, one of Sinbad's crew is like the Screech or the Blue Ranger Billy. Here, yeah. he's like all nerdy about changing directions. He's like, I invented a compass. Eh. I hesitate to mention this, but according to my comprehensive Omni measuring pivot and sight situator, we've changed directions no less than four times in the last thirty minutes. I call it Compass for short. The dialogue is all <laughs> awful, and it sounds like it's dubbed. I think some of it is. The, the walking why? scenes. Yeah. Probably because when you film outside, a lot of times they there's... They want to have the boom mic. Well, no, no. A lot of times when you're filming on location, there's outside noise that makes your uh, dialogue unusable, so they usually redub it. I see. See? I see. The more you know. I don't think there's an original idea, though, Quinn, in this whole show. It's all stock. Honestly, why was this even made? I don't know. I guess people want... Some people watched it, but... That's a podcast that we should put over that should do this. Is yeah. How is it made? How, like, why that, was they, this made? Yeah. How that, that fucking podcast should cover this. <laughs> really? And uh, like I said, apparently this guy invented the compass. He's all excited, and he explains... I hate when they do this in shows, by I know. the way. Like, shows that are supposed to take place in the past. It's like, oh, we just happen to have the friend that invented everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, I'm sure in some episode he's like, oh, I invented the abacus or some uh, shit. I forget. He did invent things. I looked him up and apparently he did invite let me invent let me see. A bicycle, an umbrella, <sighs> dynamite, and lasers. Oh, lasers, <laughs> yes. That 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 practical tool that we use to this day. <laughs> what? So they're in the Forsaken Forest and no one ever gets out of this forest. Sidbad now says Dermot is very difficult to follow, so fuck Dermot and let's yeah. just look for the tracks in the ground. <laughs> we get a close up of Dermot looking sad and <laughs> Wait, what? I'm not kidding. I must have been looking down when that, yeah. that's amazing. They actually somehow got a shot of emotional a Dermot sucking, <laughs> looking sad. <laughs> emotional Dermot. Uh, Why is the- his name Dermot? That just doesn't even like it's not a good me. name. But I'm just saying, like, the names of, like, the past, you think it'd be, like, Ezekiel or, so, you know, some kind of, like, classic name. Methuselah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, clip back to the Vikings here, and guess what? They're lost also, so Maeve heckles them about it, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> She's really sassy, <laughs> She's this whole fucking very... show. And it occurs to me, Quinn. Brett's blankie is very close to your old one in oh, really? color. Except not yellow, right? It's a little browner you than yours. Yeah, it's definitely brown. It's not yellow. No, I know. As you mentioned, Maeve is all sassy with the Viking leader. At one point, she says they're lost and literally spells <laughs> it out L O S T. Like, here's the thing, though, is that they would, if they're like in Arabia or what, where are they again? The Middle East. The Middle yeah. East, vaguely in the Middle yeah. East. Nobody would be speaking English. I don't, even think, well, like, yeah. I don't even think English was a language during this time because it's like before like Germans like went to 
Britain and all that. Like, it just doesn't even make sense from a historical perspective. When does it take, though, we, take place? We don't actually know. I mean, Sinbad, it's always implied that it's like ancient times. Oh, it's ancient. It's not yeah. like the 1500s or anything no. like that. No. I don't think so. I don't know Especially when Sinbad these, takes like, place. There's Vikings. They don't fucking exist. Like in you know, then. aren't they still around now? Vikings. If you look carefully. Sure. Yeah, you gotta look. You gotta go up north. To yeah, the you north gotta pole. go up north. You might find you might some find sailing one. around. <laughs> they never got rid of their horns. <laughs> so Brett, like half smiling here, he's like, you know, you shouldn't talk to him like that. He's an elder. Uh, Maeve then asks Brett if he can feel the evil here. This is stellar acting. To which Brett responds, Only fear is evil. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, he, you he just so saying good. these things just reminds me of just how it's great. Har- horrible it's so it is. Like, that just that whole, you know, you shouldn't talk to him like that. He's an elder. <laughs> it's real. Like, it, it just, it, these are verbatim saying, lines. This is, this, is, this is the kind of stuff also that you expect Brett to yeah. say to like a child. Well, I'm not surprised at yeah. any of this dialogue. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. This it's is all sad that. You're not. I'm not. Um, Maeve distracts Brett literally with the old, hey, look over there. And I'm not even kidding. She's like, hey, look over there. Brett. Did you see it? It's right over there. (laughs) She starts to run away. Why do they make him look stupid? I don't know. So Brett gets a lasso out and like shoots it around her ankles. This scene was so weird because it's literally, he just throws this shit and she just like trips and she's like, ugh. Like, and then like Brett's like, no, come over here. Uh, yeah, you know, like, it's like, what? He runs over. It's to like the... a mace or something he throws at Yeah. Him. And he runs over to the fallen Maeve and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe they they did the sorry shit. Canadian sorry. Yeah, Canadian sorry. <laughs> and uh, Brett explains that Thor has chosen Maeve to help them. And she asks who the hell that is. <laughs> to which Brett responds, He's the great protector, the warrior of warriors, the father of thunder. And I honestly would have called this the best show ever if he then would have said, he's also the excellence of execution. (laughs) (laughs) It almost makes you realize that, like, Brett could have interacted with Hercules in wrestling more. Oh, they should have been. Like, imagine Brett saying these lines. And the berserker. Yeah. So what a stable. What? Oh my God, man, if they all hung out. <laughs> Brett talks about reaching Valhalla, but Maeve isn't having any of the shit. Valhalla. Yeah. You know, like the Norse heaven or something you know, like that. I know about Valhalla. It's horrible. You know, when you talk about Valhalla. What, what is our lives right now where we're watching something where Brett Hart is talking about Valhalla? It's great. <laughs> Bizarre. A Norseman honors his duty to his people and his gods. It's only then he can reach Valhalla. Back to Sinbad and his dorks as a very convincing snake starts to crawl around. It literally looks like a stick. <laughs> yeah, dog, like, like, I swear. A green stick. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. And then the nerd guy here pontificates about how if shit falls in the forest and blah, blah. And then he says, ergo, to really <laughs> drive home this point. He just keeps going on and, and on. And he keeps repeating it, too. <laughs> he, he, it's like he's, he like gets a little scared and he's like, if a tree falls in a forest, well, do you hear it? And here's ergo. The, here's the fucking problem. It's you fucking heard it. Oh, right. So, whatever you're saying, it doesn't matter. What is he talking about? He says and why does he keep th- saying it? He's an idiot. So, he and uh, one of their other uh, friends both fall over suddenly as we clip to the fat guy and now the snake is wrapping around him entirely. It's just, what is this show? I don't know, Quinn. It's very What bad. are these scenes? <laughs> why are they even here? I swear, Quinn. Couldn't they just tell us that they were following them? Right, yeah, like, we don't why, need they this run problem. Into Fifty fucking things on the way there. But like, it has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> I swear, this snake part 
This nothing has nothing to do with it. Look, folks, I'm warning you, this has nothing to do with the plot. No, it doesn't. And I swear, it just looks like a garden hose that they painted <laughs> yeah, with it's, acrylic it's paint. so bad. Uh, now we go to Sinbad, who finds the trail, and he yells for his crew to come see him. Of course, they're all tripping over that hose, and they're dead yeah. or whatever. So we see more shots of this hideous-looking snake stick thing as Dermot watches on all concerned. <laughs> I can't believe Leave their shots at the fucking. He's bird. a character. Like, like, He's in the credits. Looking upset. <laughs> it's a fucking bird. It's a real bird. It's not even like a CG bird. Yeah, it's, it's bird. a real bird, folks. It's an actual it's a hawk. fucking hawk. Like, why are we getting emotion shots from a bird? And then he flies over to Sinbad, who tells him, "Don't get huffy." <laughs> the jokes are. I cannot believe. He said, don't get huffy. 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 Hey, hey, don't get huffy. So then we clip to the three other friends of Sinbad tied to the tree by the snake hose. And rather comedically, there's an entire skeleton next to them chained to the tree as well. I swear this skeleton is clearly made of plastic. Like, what is the budget of this show? It's literally like that kind at the Halloween store. And they put a fucking, like, pirate outfit on it or something. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. So they try to break free, but the hose just clamps down worse. Which is probably some fucking doof on the side just, yeah, just pulling, pulling it. it. It's so bad. So they yell for Sinbad, and the thing tightens even worse again. Finally, Sinbad finds them, and we find out after all this, it's not even actually a snake, it's a plant. It's a fucking plant. They're fighting a plant, folks. So We're fighting... What is this, a fire flower from Mario? Or, Venus fire trap? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, why is it... And this isn't the first day. This is only the first enemy. <laughs> right? So, I swear I'm not making this up. Sinbad now has a sword fight with a plant. <laughs> There's music and comedy sound effects. They literally tried to make the fight with the plant entertaining. He's like, tink, tink, and the plant's like... It's so bad. It's unbelievable. It's a fucking plan. I'd like to remind everyone at this point now that Bret Hart was considering leaving wrestling <laughs> to do shit like this to appear in shows where people hack at rubber tubing with plastic swords because that's somehow better than, than wrestling. So Sinbad chops away and finally he kills the hose. Your winner, Sinbad. I'll give the match two stars for creativity. Yeah. Ultimately, Sinbad didn't give the plant any spots to go. Oh, he over. buried the plant. Oh, he absolutely buried it. It In was the awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the men are freed and keep moving now as we cut back to this exchange between Brett and Maeve. Brett says, You comfortable? And Maeve says, Stop asking me that. So Brett says, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You comfortable? Stop asking me that. Sorry. Brett is very philosophical here in Whimsical as Maeve gets all upset that she doesn't know what these Vikings are going to do to her. All the rest of the Vikings keep walking as Maeve drop kicks Brett to no avail. <laughs> I can't even believe that was so random. She just fucking drop kicks yep. him. Like, and, out of nowhere, he's, like, trying to be all nice. He's yeah. just like, yeah! Like, it's like, drop kick. But she hits his shield, and he uh, responds with, nice footwork. And then- <laughs> Vikings fucking critiquing. He can't help himself, Joe. It's great. So, you know, it was a good drop kick. It was pretty good, actually. Uh, I give it a, you know, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 dropkick. Brett now just stares at her, leading Maeve to say, Stop looking at me. Brett's response, of course, is, I'm sorry. And then Maeve says, Stop saying you're sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) She she literally laughs. Yeah, it's great. It's it's actually pretty funny. Stop looking at me. Sorry. Stop saying you're sorry. Sorry. (laughs) 
And then she wants to know why Brett isn't all rough and gruff like the other Vikings. He says it's just the way he is. So they start flirting for a while because, well, Brett Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Hart's got to flirt with the women. Uh, we find out, Quinn, that Brett's name is Eof. What? <laughs> I smell the E space Alf. It's the same thing. E Alf. And he says, um, they used to call me Little Eof, but no more. <laughs> I can't believe that he threw that fucking line. <laughs> you know, I used to be Little Eof, and then. Then I, then I beat all the big guys, now so they could just off. go, just be a big eel. He's so, not even the biggest one, by no, the way. The, the leader is. Yeah. Uh, she says that Brett's a good man, but Brett says he's sorry. He can't let her go. <laughs> so she uses some magic, and she starts to make Brett levitate. As Brett makes really dumb things. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, the boss Viking and company come back, and she puts Brett down from the levitation. She demands to know what they're going to do with her. The Viking boss here tells Brett to put a gag on her. He reluctantly does. But as he does this, he explains that they need her. They need her, Quinn, mm-hmm. to help free them from the demon. The you know, demon. It's very important. Gilly demon. Gilly. Gillid. Gillen. Yeah. I have no idea. Back to Sinbad and his crew walking through the weeds. As we cut to Sinbad, who is now caught <laughs> in a ridiculously large spider web. It's literally just a bunch of string and a fake kind of web you get from, like, the Halloween store. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so fake. Why does this happen? They're following the Vikings. Why are the Vikings not running into any of this shit? Well, because they're in the Forsaken Forest. But they are, too. They're following their trail. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. What? Why are the Vikings fine? Why does this keep happening? Maybe it's the demon. It's just an excuse to give Sinbad something to do while Brett flirts with Maeve. That's true. I, Very honestly. good point. Yep. So Sinbad quips, today is just one sticky situation after another. This show sucks. <laughs> what it's a horrible so line. It's, that's a horrible line. <laughs> His friends arrive and they make jokes about it. And then the fat guy gets stuck in the uh, net as well. Please end this. Yo, Sinbad is worse than Brett. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how. Like, he's hideous. This fucking guy. Did he ever even get a job after this? Yeah, I think he had a couple of bit parts. Yeah, <sighs> he did. The I guess web- <laughs> he never got the lead ever again. I wouldn't think so, Quinn. So the web is moving, and as they look up, Quinn, a giant tarantula is placed, like, literally just, it's in front of the camera well, lens. Well, okay, so here's the thing, Joe. It's not even just, like, placed in front. It's like they filmed it in mm-hmm, front of a mm-hmm. green screen really close. Yes. And then they superimpose the green screen yeah. tarantula like onto the fucking like scene. It looks horrible. It looks really bad. Really bad. So they throw some knives at it to no avail, and then they just switch gears and cut the web down before leaving. Why did this even happen? This whole like, scene, you mean? It's just again, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, it's, it literally it's doesn't just, help. It's just so they have something to do while Maeve and Brett flirt and like walk to the boat. <laughs> that's all it going. is, right? Yeah, yeah that's literally it's it. So it's so stupid. It's just an ex- it literally is because the show's called Sinbad, and we didn't write a story for him this episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Because really, Brett's the main character right. in this one with her guest star, Brett Hart. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dermot's flying around as we cut to a shot of a beach where the Vikings. A lot of this Dermot flying around. <laughs> a lot of Dermot. He's a bigger star than fucking Sinbad. Also, probably Dermot's better probably actor. a better actor. I was just gonna say, yeah, he's like way better. He has like fucking emotion shots and stuff. <laughs> How is Dermot the bird? You know. Honestly, I want to give some credit to Dermot the Bird because yeah, he, let's, let's. here's the thing: if Dermot the Bird doesn't even fucking know he's in a show, that's honestly, a very good point. He has no fu- He's just here, right? Like, you know they what just I mean? Brought him here. He, he doesn't just, have a choice. He, he doesn't have a choice. I think we should put Dermot the Bird on the fucking um the banner. banner on the group just for yeah. like, appreciation. You know what? Dermot needs to join the banner. Yeah, excellent acting here. Yeah. Did he win an Emmy? Because he should have. Damn it! Best um animal performance yeah. of the year. That's it. Definitely. 
So uh, the Vikings and Maeve have arrived on the beach here, and they want to find some food and take a bath in the water or something. As Brett now <laughs> gives some speech about how, you know, it's been a cursed voyage. Brett has his arm around a hot girl with a handkerchief in her mouth while wearing a Viking hat and a blanket. That's just the most Bret Hart in an actor thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, like, it's up there with Brett holding the gun to the person <laughs> on the couch thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Right. Also, he's uh, he's sorry still, by the way. I just keep he, saying it. He's very sorry just, that they have to do this. You know, I swear he just said sorry a lot on set and it became like an in-joke. <laughs> With and the they're writers. like, why don't we write it in? It's really funny. Like, it'll Can I make say this- sorry? <laughs> okay, I'll say sorry a lot. It's funny that I say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he finds some flowers for Maeve. She doesn't want them, though. And she notices Dermot, and, um, well, she uh, she telepathically talks to Dermot Quinn. <laughs> the whole storyline sticks. I can't even believe they threw the fucking telepathic. Why is she so magical? Hadoukens, She's a sorcerer, I think. Fucking floating yeah. and talking to animals. She can do what it all. What even is she? She's like, a Scottish sorceress, according you think to the... a sorceress? That's what they say. Why is she Scottish? And she's in the middle she's East. She's Scottish! They say that? Yeah. What? In the description of her character. S- I looked what? into this, you know. Scottish? She's Scottish. Celtic. Excuse me, not Scottish. Celtic. What the hell is she doing in the Middle East, then? I don't know. Why is Sinbad there? He ain't from there. Yeah, he is. He is? Yeah, his name's Sinbad. Well, why like... are the Vikings down there? That's so That's far away. Too, what are they like... doing down there? Idiots. I really, I actually, I don't know why. Like, why is this like an international affair? Like, why very multicultural sorceress and fucking Vikings from like yeah. Norway, <laughs> yeah, and Sinbad and from Sinbad. the Middle East. <laughs> so the Vikings frolic around on the beach for a while while Dermot takes the flowers and flies them over to Sinbad's crew. Sinbad realizes that the flowers are sea lavender, and he tells Dermot to take them to the beach. Cool. <laughs> pointless. So Brett offers Maeve a green apple, and he says he'll take the gag off if she promises not to enchant him. She really wants to just be let go, though, and asks... No, please not enchant me. I don't want to be enchanted. She (laughs) asks... fucking ridiculous. She asks Brett and the Vikings to be her tag team partners, basically, to defeat the demon. So, all right, Quinn, a handicap match. Yeah. She wants to team up with Brett and the Vikings. To fight the demon. The demon. What is this, 1982? Yeah. Boss Viking, though, is having none of this shit. He has Brett Gagger again, and he explains that they simply can't win this fight against a demon. They've tried before. Right, they, they just, they gotta sacrifice her or whatever. Right, exactly. So back to Dermot flying to the beach again. Dermot fucking Dermot. As Sinbad and his crew follow closely behind and arrive to the beach as well. Lots of bird shots, you know? Again, can they stop showing the bird flying? We get it! He flies! Like, stop it! It's like every other scene. It's like 20% of Literally, the, of the there, footage. There's three types of scenes in this entire thing. There's the Vikings walking, there's Sinbad and his stupid friends walking, and there's the bird. Like that, and, it, and it goes in the order of Vikings, bird, Sinbad. Vikings, bird, Sinbad. Vikings, bird, Sinbad. It just goes, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> so Dermot then leads them up the rocky coast as they joke about the demon ship thing, and we see a nice dusky shot of the Viking crew walking as the sun sets, followed by Sinbad's crew doing the same. The next day, Quinn, the sun is back up and the Vikings are still walking while Brett leads Maeve into some rocky temple or something. This fucking set is so oh, bad. It's hideous, right? It is horrid. It's like like an arc thing. Yeah, oh, you'll it's see. It's fucking yeah. horrible. We go inside and they're standing. It's basically like a giant Stonehenge, essentially. I, you know, arc. actually, another description of it, it's like the, a big pie symbol. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's, it's almost like they found it at like again the Halloween store. They're like the science nerd costume right. section. Yeah, they're like here's a big foam pie. <laughs> pie the uh, the the math number, not yeah. apple 3. pie. Three point one four 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 four. I can't. Sorry, I can't name the digits. You math nerd. It's like, fine. I can't. Well, Three point one four. Why does enough. anyone need to know beyond that? They always sometimes like make such a big know. deal I don't know. about you might it. Need to know Gotta sometimes. know six digits past the fucking four. I don't. Uh, whatever. So there's some stupid modulated voice talking oh, it's to them. Terrible. And uh, it's just really bad. It almost sounds like nails. First of all, that Stonehenge arc thing looks like foam. <laughs> Second of all, this voice talks as if you were modulating our voice. What, me like, and audacity or yeah, something? Seriously, <laughs> it sounds like if you did that to us. Why don't I do it right now? Let's sure. try it. Hello, Quinn. How are you? I am the big arc thing. Oh, no. I'm not Quinn. See how see Same. how that works? But that's yeah. literally how it sounds. Uh, it's like this. It's, it's almost like nails or something. Boss man, <laughs> yeah. boss man. Put the red head down. We'll discuss your future tomorrow. So nails tells him to wait on the beach <laughs> as the boss Viking wants Maeve to stay here in Stonehenge or whatever. We have Stonehenge to give pie. it. To, we have to give it to the foam <laughs> yeah, pie. The foam pie. Uh, the Vikings leave and nails taunts Maeve and says the word rendezvous before she is magically shackled. This is all bad. There's like a fire and stuff. It's right? terrible. There's like a burning bush. <laughs> so like they're they're trying to evoke like every like god thing talking yep. that's ever been in a movie. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? A, yep. a big hand Stonehenge. Yep, I get it. Burning it's horrible it's and terrible. they're in a cave <laughs> yeah like there's shadows like it's too many things it's like if you're gonna it's do every like, trope you can if imagine gonna, if you're gonna do like the greek god thing is talking to a human right. can you at least like pick one trope right not, like three of <laughs> yeah, them yeah i know there's all all these mixed imagery and stuff yeah. and so we cut to the vikings outside getting all happy about how tomorrow their ship is going to be released from the demon and then brett <laughs> in my favorite scene of his in this whole movie he essentially cuts like a 1997 Brett promo on the demon. He's like, he mocks us. He mocks our gods. And we sit and we do nothing about it. It's amazing. It's like a Brett promo. I'll meet you at the Cops County <laughs> <Yeah>. Coliseum, <laughs> Viking leader. Yeah, exactly. Mocks us. He mocks our gods. And we sit like sheep and do nothing about it. So Brett wants to fight, but the boss reminds him that that did not work last time. Back inside, and Nails doofully says that he likes Maeve's hair and shit. Like he's like flirting with her, this voice ah, of horrible. Stonehenge. Yeah. Sinbad's crew now arrives on the beach, and everyone draws swords. Sinbad asks where Maeve is, and then we see a um a giant crab. <laughs> Gi- fucking giant, giant enemy crab. They like do that shit. Like, what in the actual fuck? It's literally like that meme, a giant enemy, giant enemy crab. crab. Right, it's that shit. So here's this giant enemy crab. And on top of it, it's literally a crab that, again, they just close up yep. on, and then they put it on a green screen. Horribly. And they literally, like, slapped it against, like, an ocean backdrop. It looks terrible. It's- Horrible. Even for like 1996 standards, it looks yeah, really it's bad. bad. I can see like the fuzz around yeah. it where they like crappily like cut it out on yeah. like some early version of Adobe Premiere. Like, <laughs> right, you, know, right. you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Brett explains that the demon has betrayed them because this is the demon's monster, apparently. So Sinbad now concocts a plan. Tie up two exploding where sticks. Where did he get this from? Well, by that, the way, he just like pulled the dynamite that, out that, of his pocket. That nerdy guy invented it. Yeah, but he's he, got two left. The thing is, Sinbad just acted like he always had. Why didn't they use this on the fucking spider web or whatever? Like, <laughs> well, because they were caught in it, so they would have gotten blown up. Mm, true. So, yeah. So they place uh they place these dynamite sticks near claw grip over here as we see some awful CGI again. <laughs> it explodes, Quinn. The crab disappears, and then <laughs> this is amazing. A- <laughs> I 
swear I couldn't believe they like why didn't they just have it explode and just not That was it. That right? was it. Like instead they do this. A giant CGI claw just a, it's just falls a, from the sky. Okay. And this is the best part is you can tell it's just the claw of the crab and they just cut out the rest That's of it, it and just left it there. That's all it and is. What the fuck? It's so bad. Ugh. So Brett and Sinbad now team up and they run into the Stonehenge cave to get Maeve out of there. Nails appears, though, sounding like Fat Albert. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. He says no one is leaving. So Brett pulls off the shackles with his bare hands and now Nails finally appears. He's not Stonehenge. Yeah. Okay, it's like he literally has like a final form or something. Right. It's like third form. He, he, he was a shadow, a Stonehenge, a and, fucking burning bush. And he looks like he's something out of an NES game now, Quinn. Yeah. It's horrible. He looks like some CG goo fish head thing. <laughs> it looks like total shit. It's awful. It's almost indescribable. It's just yeah, like it's a, not, that's not even a good description no. because there's really no other way. He's like scaly. I he's don't scaly. I, uh, he's very big. Yeah. But he's too like gooey all at the he's same time. He's like gooey. shiny. Yeah. It's horrible. It's awful, folks. It's just like incomprehensible, like nothing. Correct. Like it's good just, way to put it. It's just like, like a villain. Yeah, There's a very stock. Like, oh, it, this it, is a bad guy. It seems like something Shredder would send after the turtles, like some week in the cartoons. But yeah. like, not even like a memorable one. Just like something. Like, yeah, we're not talking enemy, Rat King enemy here. Of the week. Yeah, this isn't Slash yeah. Metalhead or any of them. Anyway, Maeve simply uses her magic to turn off the fire. And then everyone charges at Nails while Maeve breaks her own shackles on a rock. Brett uh, comes from behind with a waist lock. It's amazing <laughs> that he went for like a wrestling yeah, move on, on a CG thing on top of it. Imagine them filming this. Yeah, like, what was Brett, he actually hugging, I wonder? Probably just a, a, a green square. Like yeah, phone, probably. Like, yep. Just so that it would look like he was grabbing something. Do you think this is so old and poorly done that it was still blue screen? It might have been. In Canada yeah. when they did this. It might have been. So the boss Viking charges in with his sword, and he's stabbing away at a nails here. I don't know what to call it. The demon thing. Yeah. Sinbad just says, fuck it. And this is great. He tosses his sword. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Directly into this thing's fucking head, yeah. causing it to glow and yell and disappear. The demon thing also like yelled forever. That was, it was so like, long. Yeah! It's like turning like it's turning like yellow and or glowing, something. Yeah. And like you know what I was surprised for like something that's pretty much for kids. What? They literally like showed the sword like sticking out of its fucking head yes. as it was like exploding like forever too. Yeah, it's like it's such not a like it was like death they, scene. But it wasn't even like they showed the sword in its head for like a second. No, no. They showed this for like at least a minute. About a minute. Which seems thing. like an eternity for like children to see something that violent. And while the guy's going, Argh! Yeah. Boss Viking though, unfortunately, is half dead as well. And what his, the fuck was in that sword, by the way? I just need to comment. Like, Sinbad's sword? Yeah, because why did it just like make it explode like that? That's, did she did she make it magic and we no, missed it she, or something? He just, no, he right? Just, like, he's like, I got it. And he just like chucked it at it. It was weird. It was a good effect. Yeah. Thank you. But Boss Viking is dying, Quinn. And his last words, his dying wish, really, is to command that Brett is the new Viking leader. And I've got to say... That's proof that even in a TV show, Brett has to have the top spot. <laughs> the acting stinks, by oh, the way. It's, it's, a, it's like, Bret Hart, will you please be... <laughs> he yeah, he I, calls I, him Bret Hart, yeah, too. Will you please be the lead? <laughs> will you take my spot? <laughs> now, it's so bad. Now, I don't have this in the notes, but this is the perfect time to bring this up. I'm looking at this show this whole time, and I'm looking at the, the Viking leader. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this guy looks... He familiar. does. He does look familiar. I noticed the same thing. So I did some digging. Mm -hmm. What is he in? I know I've seen him before. Well, his name is Robin B. Smith. 
And you, Quinn, and you fans might know him better as the Commandant. Wait, what? Wait a sec. Are you serious? Or really? I was joking with you about this Commandant shit before the show even started. You're telling me that fucking leader guy is the Commandant? Yes. How the fuck <laughs> with this Commandant shit? Who is this guy? Why is he in everything? He's a character actor. And he is the one that, uh, I guess, got Brett this or vice versa. Oh, my because God. Because Brett got him into the WF the following year. That's unbelievable. What else was him. the Commandant in? Because I swear I I've seen remember. him in other things, too. You can look him up. Robin B. Smith and see Weird. what he was in. But, uh... Obviously, the Commandant will be in the WWF the following year, and he is South African, and part of this show was filmed in, you guessed where, South Africa. Mm-hmm. So this must be where they met. That's incredible. <laughs> right, isn't it? This so, fucking Commandant bilked this shit. He, he, like, did, he played Brett like an idiot. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, as he dies, Brett's like, well, it's okay, he's going to Valhalla. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even believe he, he said that. Back outside now, Simbed's crew and Brett's crew are all jovial with each other, and they thank each other happily, you know, and they say goodbye. The, like you said, when the acting is just like, I, oh, you know, you know we, we're all good friends thank now. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> so Brett gives Maeve his horn hat, and she kisses him on the cheek as Sinbad is all like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, you know, he's all like, jealous. wait, I like... Yeah. sassy girl. I like, like sax, sassy Maeve. Yeah. Maeve. Uh, so, Brett leaves to command his new crew as Sinbad gives Maeve some shit about her and Brett. You know, he's like, oh, so you like him, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know? And then all the stupid friends are like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, they're, they're like nudging yeah. each other. It's horrible! And her res- they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and her response is to just put on the Viking hat and happily walk away, yeah, which she's is like, funny. Doo, she's like, doo, doo, yeah, doo, yeah. Doo. <laughs> it's horrible. So that's it. That's the end of the show, Quinn. Total piece of shit. I wasn't, I'll tell you this. It sucked, Joe. No, it was bad. Yeah. It's a very bad show, but I wasn't, um, you weren't like surprised. At, oh, no. You know what I mean? I mean, the minute that it started and there's a kid in an orange sweatshirt walking next to Lady yeah, Hercules. Yeah, like a vague like, setting, you know. You know, what, you know what the fuck yeah. this shit is. It like, wasn't worse than I thought it would be. Can right. I put it that way? Yeah. I expected it to be, you know, cheaply produced, bad graphics, I'll poor plot what, lines. That is, uh, that is some plot line. They, Brett, <laughs> Brett wasn't, um, any worse than I've seen him in anything else. That's not saying much, but like he was Bret Hart in a thing. Folks. I keep saying this to you. I, I, you know, I always compare it to Sean with the acting because they're very similar. They're both I, bad at it. I have to say this. I and this isn't a bias. I really think Brett chose a lot worse roles. Oh yes, than, than Sean Michaels. No, no doubt Sean about was it. Was a little more careful. And I know, yes, he was in that weird Green Hulk thing recently. But up until that point, he was never like in something that insane. Yeah, they're they're both poor actors. I think Sean yeah. probably chose better roles, right? Or he got better he roles. Kind of masked his shittiness. Yeah, a exactly. Bit Brett's just upfront in his yeah. shittiness in this. Uh, so that was that. I thought it was a pretty good fun time. Honestly, the <laughs> show is bad. It's not I that the show it, is honestly, good. Honestly, I thought it was one of the more poor versions of these kind of shows I've seen. Not any worse than Pack Blue. I'll give it this. It it's was like it thing. had like a happy go lucky ending where yeah. it's just like it felt like everything got resolved. Brett was kind but of that, funny. That's like what these shows were back then. Yeah, they it was weren't like that these dramatic. very like compact stories where it's just like, okay, by the end of the you know, forty minutes or right, whatever, right. you know, that's it. Well like, they're for all ages, right? Yeah. They're for all kids. I thought Dermot though did a fantastic uh, job. Dermot was probably the MVP of this Seriously. fucking show. So uh It I was g- a total piece of shit though. Oh, it was. But I guess that's it, folks. So I guess That'll do it for uh, episode number 140. Wait, do you hear that? No. Oh, hogwash, of course you do, Quinn. It's Maeve. She's trapped inside the cave. We must rescue her, Dave. My name is Quinn. All right, Dave, let's go. First, we dress for combat. Why are you wrapping my old blanket around your neck? What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Onward. Where are we even going? To the cave, Dave, to rescue Maeve.
There's no Maeve. Is this your idea of being funny? I am the entertainer, and I know just where I stand. Could we please just go back to the studio? There is no time. We must bring the magic potions with us. Oh, let's see. Ah, yes. Bottle of red. Bottle of white. I'm leaving. You're being absurd. I would not leave you in times of trouble. Are you just speaking Billy Joel lyrics now? You may be right. It seems such a waste of time. Shit, now you got me doing it. (laughs) Well, we have a face that we hide away forever. Now then, we must rescue Maeve. Look, up there. Where? In the sky. That's the ceiling. It's Dermot. Sure it is. Dermot, lead us to Maeve. Oh, Dave, I hope it isn't true that only the good die young. I'm going to have to ask you to stop. By the way, Davey, are you still in the Navy? Yes, I probably will be for life. Yes, yes, you had to be a big shot, didn't you? Oh, no, Dermot, wait! Watch out for that! Glass house. All right, sorry about all that, folks, but... <laughs> yeah, apologies. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of what we had to endure, okay? It was horrible. <laughs> but uh, overall, I had fun watching it, I'm not going to lie, Quinn. I got through it. It, it wasn't hard, right? It didn't drag. I'll no, it, it didn't yet. drag at all. Like I said, it was everything I expected. And folks, I encourage you to check it out, honestly, because it is available, like I said, blatantly on YouTube. I think multiple accounts have the same I, episode. I don't think it's in any danger of coming <laughs> off the internet anytime <laughs> no, soon, because I think whoever made it probably doesn't even remember they made it. <laughs> right. It's that unmemorable. But folks, we are not in any danger, I don't think, either of going off the air, Quinn. No, not at all. We'll, of course, be back next week. Remember, it's not going to be episode number 141 next right. week. We have special something special. Episode. We don't want to spoil it, but be sure to listen. Uh, two weeks from now, episode number 141, the whole new question wheel, brand new Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. It'll be a fun time. But we want to thank you again for being with us this whole season. It's a lot of fun to do these. We hope you like our show. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you want to donate, you can do so on Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But when until next time, that's all I've got. Dermot's gone. We're (laughs) we're done. Sorry, Dermot. So until next time, folks, thank you so much for real. And we will see you next week. See ya. Pardon me? A butt note? You said but a footnote. But a footnote, yeah. Is it, was it a butt or a footnote? It was a footnote. Oh. So perfect regains it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what you're saying over there. It just, when you said but a footnote, it just sounded funny. Like but a footnote. You want me to cut this, right? Yeah, you can <laughs> cut it. It's, Good. You put it in the blooper, but it's, yeah. it is funny. Welcome to the blooper reel. We come back, pop, pop, holly. <laughs> Bob Cobb. Yeah. All right, hang on. His Quinn, uh, uh, his Quinn. <laughs> Sorry. It's getting hot up here. I know. Brett wins with the sharpshooter. What happened? I lost. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the Mr. Perfect match? Our three friends of the show are the wrestling podcast about nothing. That show. <laughs> that 70s show. Greetings from Allentown. Yes. And uh, look in the territory. Yeah. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Tank Sinatra. So, if you... Tank Abbott. <laughs> is he on this list? I gotta forget. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. That was just funny. Let me just back up. But, Quinn, the first question for this... 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 Before we shine a little light on the W... W... That's what they say. <laughs> w... W... <laughs> Before we shine a little light on the W... Blooper reel? Blooper reel. Just say WF, it's easier. Pork rind? Yeah. Pork Pork rind. Seated abdominable stretch. Abdominable. (laughs) Abdominal snowman.
Eddie Irish whips the kid into the guardrail. Guardrail. <laughs> and that's every single week, and it's on. <laughs> you might want to also see what happens when Joe cuts there. <laughs> Face first corner whip by the Pope into some big ripes. Ripes. <laughs> ripes. I am so tired. I know. So am I. I'm like fading. <laughs> Get through this. <laughs> Trying. Uh, obviously, we want chair flans. Uh, my God. I'm on chair flats. That's, that's a sentence for the ages right there. Let me, let me pick that up. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. uh-oh.